Hello, and welcome back to your new favorite podcast, MMR Talks. I'm your host, Antonio Wakawelli, with, of course, Shlomo Bo. Shlomo, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic today, Antonio. And we are joined by a dynamite, boom, dynamite panel. Who do we got here today? Anyone? <laughs> uh, Jane, I got the hookup. So, so this is DJ Bo here. Uh, I... I'm one of the Mass Music Radio DJs, and I also handle a lot of the production for the DJ videos that you see on our social media and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Awesome. We got I'm a return Elena. guest. Happy to be here again. I guess you guys still couldn't find any other girls to show up, so <laughs> happy to be here. Damn, she threw us some shade real quick. <laughs> I'm just well, throwing out the, what the, you know, the ratio is off. <laughs> As it always oh, that's is. Good. So, guys, uh, <laughs> Welcome back. Um, so, guys, uh, what's up? Has uh, anything happening in our lives that we want to share? Anything uh, let's good, anything see. interesting? Scuba Lube is getting older. He's getting fresh. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? Trying to trying to deal with that parenthood and all that good stuff. What about you, Jackson? Jackson, got a, DJ Vo got a new job. Yeah, I am working as an environmental specialist down at Novartis in Cambridge. It is a pharmaceutical company. So, they create like all... That good stuff. Yeah, all all that good stuff. <laughs> all kinds of drugs. Where's um, the vaccine? <laughs> Give me the vaccine. It's right next door. So like I work at Novartis and Mardana and Pfizer, which are we're, mm. they're developing the vaccines. They're next door. So I could, you know, do some That's awesome. The boss sent me in here. We'll say it off the record. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I was gonna say this for a recommendation, but I feel like this is just so important that I have to bring this up now. Uh, I think everyone who listens should keep their dogs on a leash because a couple weeks ago, dear precious Bubba was attacked. Was he? By an no. unleashed dog. Uh-oh. I wasn't there, but my dad told me the story. So long story short, they're walking and this big Roddy just comes out of the shadows Uh-oh. and just goes after Bubba and he's got him. But for, for those who know Sharpay like, well enough, they know that all those wrinkles on there, they're there evolutionary wise. So- when a dog gets a bite of them, they're just flapping at the skin. They can't get to any of the internals. That's awesome. So Bubba, he actually came out un- generally unscarred. Like he's wow. fine. He was just a little shaken up. A little scarred mentally. Yeah, my dad yeah, got a little hurt. And the woman, this goddamn woman, uh-huh. this, if, uh, p- pardon my language, this 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 bitch. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> she just grabbed the dog and she's like dragging it off. And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And my dad's like, where do you live? I'm going to have that dog put down. Oh, <laughs> And I, I told my dad, you should have called the police. Yeah. That's literally what they're there for. Animal control or something. Yeah. And this is, and this is going to be my only warning. Yeah. My only warning. If I see a dog, any of them, even the cute little ones, well, if I can like, you know, give a little push with a foot, that's fine. But if I see any like Roddy or Pitbull come for Bubba, I'm going to go full... Walking Dead Negan on that dog. Punt, punt that shit. I, like, like when the next day when CSI comes up, they're gonna go. Can you believe what they did to this dog? And they're gonna go, what dog? Unrecognizable. Oh my god! Antonio. Don't you, you stay away <laughs> from Bubba? Antonio Peter's gonna be on our ass if they hear this episode. Self defense and yeah, self defense. Well, here's the thing: you gotta get Bubba. You know what I'm saying? You gotta toughen him up. He sounds like a softy. Well, no, we just got a, He got attacked. Oh well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> As a victim, as a victim, soft, bro. I mean, as a victim, how do you react if someone attacked Scooby. Scooby Luke can handle now. his own. Trust me, I've seen him. I've seen him go at it, man. He's a uh, he's a cute little boy, but you know what I'm saying. Once push comes to shove, it is not pretty. He's actually bitten me a couple times trying to break it up. He's bitten everyone in the studio, no, not yeah. to the lawsuit point, but like ah, that's sharp. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a menace, but um, that's awful. I hate to hear that, man. So yeah, leash like your Antonio dogs. Said, 
And yo, mm-hmm. speaking of leashes, you can go to PetSmart and get a nice leash. I just did today. I got a little slip lead for him. Oh, yeah. The... Yeah. Because the... <laughs> he'd be pulling too much. Dog owners know exactly what that dude. means. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. anything happen to you? you have, have you been safe since last time you've been on? Yeah, pretty much. Same old, same old with me. Just looking forward to the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been excited making your MMR Talks debut? Your episode came out last week at the time yeah, of taping. Yeah, I shared it with some of my friends. They gave it a listen and said it was really interesting. Good. Hope everyone learned a lot. You know, it's fun to get to talk about that kind of stuff on air. Now, uh, what do they think about me? Honestly, <laughs> I will find out. <laughs> to the heart of the question. I'll be like, hey, ladies, you guys should meet my friend Antonio. He's single, ready to mingle. Hey. Yep. He's got a sharp hey, kind of a pussy, but uh. <laughs> can help no, he's him. a dog. You can help train him. <laughs> All right, so uh, interesting. So speaking of uh, men, like a lot of us, so today's episode is about uh, the expectations of men. It's a very open-ended topic. Now, when I first started producing, writing this episode, it was originally going to be about gender norms. Like I remember I talked to Shlomo about it. It was going to be more like uh, men must be this and women must be this. And then I remembered maybe it's not so much of a good idea of me telling women what to be. So let's just scale it back and just – just shine the light on men. So, and then it kind of became the expectations of men of how growing up, we expect our boys and our men to be a certain way. And recently, there's kind of been an attempt at a cultural shift to tr- for men to be better. I think personally with me, it all started with that that Gillette commercial. You remember that oh, Gillette commercial? Yeah, the best a man can be. Exactly. Oh. That's where the meme of the woman walking by and the guy going, oh, I'm going to go talk to her. And the guy puts his hand on him. He's like, no, man, don't do that. I think I think it's from where that commercial mm. is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I want to ask uh, you guys. So the Harvard Business Review, very smart guys, uh, has compiled a list of traits where men are penalized often by other men for possessing. And I think it's important that we discuss and dissect on uh, why that's the case. So men are often chastised for being feminine or being feminist. Like, wh- why do we think that that is? Do you guys think there's a difference between being feminine and being a feminist? Because I definitely do. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I, think, I think there is, too. Yeah, feminine behavior. And I think feminist <laughs> is like a mindset and like activism. But Definitely, but. yeah. But I don't know. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, if we're really looking into like what breaks down what is considered feminine, you know, when a man does it. Like, what do you think that normally would consist of like what would a man do to make you all think like he's more feminine that's exactly the point i've i've been i've been preparing for the show i've been thinking a lot about this like what is so like feminine but a lot of people everybody like freaking does like when i think of like stereotypical 1950s women like cooking a lot of famous male (laughs) chefs men enjoy cooking hell yeah like uh uh, cleaning men clean well you know they well at least they should (laughs) Hopefully we all do. <laughs> <laughs> they should. They should try. What, like doing laundry? Dishes. Yeah, dishes. Stuff like that, yeah. Stuff around the house. Or even like being excited to go shopping. Mm-hmm. Like remember, yeah. like shopping from White Chicks. Hell yeah. And like, I think pampering yourself too. Oh yeah, self-care. Big one, big one. Like, okay. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of comfort, like anything comfortable. Yeah, I try to, I try to take care of my skin. I, I had a green tea mask on a couple nights ago. Cause I want to, you know, I want to look good for you anyone who wants to. Put some cucumbers on your eyes. Nah, you got to go with the cucumbers. Self care is huge, man. Yeah, you, you guys use a uh, like face wash at all? Yeah, yeah. The face wash is, uh, is essential. You'd be surprised by how many people don't use it. I ain't going front. I just put soap and wash my face. Yeah, sometimes I, I just say. Use, sometimes I literally just done. use water 
and then I wipe myself off with a, like a. Because sometimes, you get sometimes it's nice all. Sometimes it's all you need. That's literally all you need. Like say, like if you just like come back from the gym and you're just like dressed like yeah, just soap and water. You don't need yeah. all the charcoal at the moment. But yeah, that, I think some people, some men, would be like, "Why are you putting all that that sissy shit on your face? <laughs> yeah, you just need just water and a cloth." So Which, I'd, be a, I'd be a prime yeah. example. I got like a nice, like all natural, uh, like vegan product, like uh, face wash. Yeah. Dude, and when I use it, bro, after my face is so smooth, like a baby's butt, bro. So <laughs> so whoever hates, they just haven't even tried it yet at all. Yeah. I, I think wouldn't it's even interesting say that like that oh, people would look down on that, you know, men like taking care of themselves. You know, I think something we were actually talking about earlier is like I've noticed like as a woman and I think some of my like female friends feel the same way that a lot of men who, you know, really invest in taking care of like their hair, their skin, like they're really stylish. Sometimes they turn out to either be, you know, gay or bisexual. And so I think there's like a certain stereotype that, you know, people think that if you're taking care of yourself, if you care a lot about your appearance, that you, you know, might be like not attracted to women and i think like i don't know i don't know where that comes from i think everyone benefits from you know men having nice hair nice skin looking good smelling good too is smelling a big one good. Yep. i think it's because the majority of the male population i feel like just doesn't care yeah they just they yeah. just, they just mm-hmm. don't care if they're like fat like fat smelling slob they're just like yeah i'm chilling I it's, not our respons- <laughs> it's not our responsibility to look good that's the women's job that's what some would think I don't think that. I want to look good. Do you guys think that's why people think it's like feminine or like girly or something when men have, you know, some sort of like skincare routine, like you have all these products that you use? I don't think so. But I feel like a lot of people would be like, that's completely unnecessary. Like, you know, leave that to the chicks. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm thinking. I don't think that way. But I feel like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some men would. I try to stay in my own lane. Like, yeah. If Jackson's like, yo, I do all this face care stuff, I'm like, word, like, whatever you want to do <laughs> to, like, do your thing, like, 100%. But I wouldn't be like, yo, that's whack. Like, that's what he does. That's how, you know, keeps his face clean, clear. Word, good stuff. Like, maybe I might try it someday. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, a, a dear friend of mine, he's a, he's a, he's a homosexual. <laughs> no, he's gay. But um, he does a lot of the uh, skin thing, which uh, I, I'm always like, man, how... It's on for me. It's just like, man, you set aside how long, like how much time at night to do all this to go to sleep when it's all like you know, all right, your yeah, pillow on kind, you. I feel like that's kind of forced. I've like, honestly wanted to try those masks. Put some cucumbers on my eyes. Oh yeah, dude. Those get the you little feel, thing. You feel amazing. I look after. like yeah. You look ridiculous, but, but it would be funny. But I will say he did teach me like a lot because like I want to have good skin. I want people yeah. to go. Oh, you have such you have such nice skin. And and I never yeah. hear that because currently I don't. But I'm working on it. Hell yeah. I think even at the point where especially like maybe younger 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 men known as boys, mm-hmm. if they like, oh, I want to go as Tiana for Halloween or oh, mm-hmm. can we watch? Uh, I don't know. Uh, my little pony i think a lot of like older guys like whoa 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 stay in your lane kid like that stuff mm-hmm. it's not made for you i think that's mainly like a thing that people get like i think it still kind of instills the fear of with men being feminine there's a thing called like the gay panic mm. where like they don't want their kids being gay sometimes for different reasons but then they're like i don't want my son to like be all that and then they kind of get on them they kind of over macho them and don't do that because it screws them up mm. yeah do you think it I agree that partly it could be a lot of, you know, fathers like not wanting their kid to be gay for whatever reason. Do you think it might also be coming from a place of you don't want your like son to be feminine so they don't get bullied for it? 
that could be another that's thing a good that point. fathers yeah, might that's be considering, you know, maybe yeah. like they might not personally have as much of an issue about it, but they're like, I don't want you to be made fun of, you know, I want you to fit in. So like, no, you can't like my little pony, not saying it's right, but I, you know, I would imagine if like you were a parent, like hopefully you could, you know, think about that work past it, but you, you know, you want the best for your kid. You don't want them to, you know, be an outcast for any reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think when a father like does that to a kid, um, they, they, and maybe in their mind, they're per prepping the kid to not like be bullied in the future or, like mm -hmm. you know have uh <clears throat> masculine you know pers personality traits of himself but uh, i feel like it's definitely damaging in a way for, for sure. them not to be themselves for sure and i think yeah. that's a lot of uh i wouldn't say go-to excuse but that's like one of the first things i go to like mm -hmm. you know the world is shitty and people are dicks yeah. sorry yeah. And, <laughs> no pun intended and um yeah. but i do understand i do understand that but i think as a, you know, as a culture, we've been moving, especially the younger kids have been completely just shifting the needle left to like more of like an open kind of acceptance kind of thing yeah. when it comes to men liking women things and women liking men things. Because I, mm -hmm. I know even when, when, you know, when we were kids, like uh, when boys would be playing like, you know, soldiers or basketball and then there'd be that one girl, hey, can I play too? And you're just like, kids are like, really? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's interesting. I always kind of felt like, you know, when I was a kid, that if you were a girl that were, you kind of like things that, you know, were more for boys, you were kind of cool for it. Like you were a tomboy, you know, that was every girl kind of wanted to be a tomboy. You know, you kind of fit in like the guys liked you for that. But then the second a guy liked something that was meant for girls, it was just not cool. How dare you? Then he gets outcast. Yeah. No, I think you made like a really good point, though. It's like you kind of have to decide for yourself and teach your children like which is worse you know the pain of like other people making fun of you for being yourself or like living your whole life not being yourself you know i i agree like there's this whole cultural shift you know with like like you know young kids young boys especially like getting into makeup on youtube and like that's something that like a lot of people oh, yeah, are uncomfortable right. with but like i think we're as a society moving to this point where like we're more you know like acceptable accepting of gender and like however people might want to express that i think it's really awesome i completely forgot about the young boys doing like the makeup tutorials like i see that and if i were, if i were a father i'd just be thinking all oh, that money that's gonna cost me because apparently <laughs> yeah. that stuff is very expensive well i have to have this i have to have this don't you want like a, a basketball mm -hmm. <laughs> last for like two years so. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah true. cost 20 bucks <laughs> but um on the uh going back to the question it was not being feminine and being like feminist like i think it's mm -hmm. open to interpretation but i think like men advocating for women mm -hmm. i think sometimes like personally i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna everyone's gonna be shook right now i don't identify as a feminist i identify as a womanist because modern feminism has left out the plight of women of color so ha mm, i don't disagree with that yeah i think there's you know a big push within like the feminine feminism movement you know you have to be inclusive of like women of all colors you know but i don't disagree they're trying with what you're saying they're trying but i think the point is um i feel like when men see other men advocating for like like a women's issues they're really like you know a lot of women care about the economy and the environment and all that but i think when it comes to like the wage gap or like women's health or anyway, like right to that. choose all that yeah yeah women's mm, health yeah. and all that i feel like some men would see that as like uh because not all men are opposed to that but it's more of like uh i'm trying to think of i would say it's more of a perceptions episode two of losing your masculinity to fight for femininity and i think some men won't respect that that's just, you know what i'm thinking i, I totally 100 agree with that there's definitely some dudes out there who will shame um 
like for example, I had a friend up at school and uh and and he was just like he was like, Oh, I went to this woman's right rights up parade in DC when I was back home. And then this other kid that we knew was just like he started making fun, I was like, Ha, you went to like a woman's right rights uh parade? Like how wow, you starts clowning on him and stuff. And then a bunch of us were just like, Oh, like I mean, that's that's not really that funny. Like, you know, it's kinda cool he did that. But like we you know, that's just uh, that's kind of the stigma I feel like with a lot of guys, you know, th- things that aren't said, but that's like, what they think, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder why that is, because I think that, you know, when women have rights, everyone has rights, you know? Because, exactly. I don't know, like, I'll get into arguments with my guy friends, you know, like, knowing they don't mean something or it comes off a certain way, but and I know they don't mean it because, you know, they all have moms, like, they have sisters, you know, they have girlfriends, so, you know, everyone, how would you want to, like, live in a world where, you know, you're, like, you don't want your daughter to have rights or you know even like making fun of your friend for like going to fight for that it doesn't really make sense i think it's just True. simple as you know just we guys just don't know what it's like to be a girl yeah no, it's as simple yeah. as that that's yeah. it i think it's Facts. as simple as that even i think it's like you're kind of putting uh uh the bull in the china shop when men want to talk about like you know right to choose and all that because i remember i know sometimes you know i'm a very opinionated person and you know i try to always have an opinion on everything. I know that I can only say so much when it comes to, you know, abortion and all that, and like uh, other, you know, feminine issues. Because you know, I can't speak from the heart. Because I don't you can't relate. Yeah. yeah, I can't relate. I can only tell you, you know, I'm just like, you know, you do you. Just don't hurt anybody. But sometimes, even if you cross just like a tiny, tiny bit, which I have in the past, I'll admit, like not like I'm saying like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, well, can I give an opinion on this? Here's how I feel about this. Well, you can't give an opinion on that. You're not a man. All right. I mean, you're not you're not a woman. I go, oh, all right. Well, I'm just not gonna not gonna you know fight that. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like with things like at least with like in terms of like, uh, things like abortion, I feel like guys should not have a say at all because it is like I feel like it is uh, entirely up to a woman to decide if they should have a kid or not. You know, I, I don't know. I don't understand how why these old geezers in like Congress think they have like a say of like. Of what a girl, when a girl can have a kid or not, like you know, yeah, I don't understand that at it, all. It's just the the theory of, and then Elena, you can hop in if I'm, you know, speaking anything incorrectly. I think it's just the they want to control women because yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot nower. There's a lot more uh, sex sexual liberation. Getting a little sweaty. A lot of people are. <laughs> More active, and we'll say, you know, sometimes, you know, things happen, yeah. and they go, oh, I, well, I can't have a kid right now, I'm only, like, 19, and I'm in college, and then, you know, mm-hmm. that option is available, so, you know, frankly, frankly, the default opinion should be pro-choice, you know, for everybody, because, especially, like, for the other 49% of the population, you're like, hey, I, I got nothing to do with this, That's they're not putting me on the table, it's up to you. Yeah, well, no, I I think, um, you know, abortion and the right to choose is a whole other complicated issue, but, you know, it does tie a lot into gender roles and, like, gender expectations. But, you know, like you were saying, like, you you feel like you don't have the right to have an opinion on it. I get where you're coming from with that. And, like, I, I hate that we, you know, live in a society now where, like, people are afraid to talk about things because I think that that's the only way that you can move forward as a society is by having those tough conversations and, like, allowing everyone to have an opinion, you know, even if they aren't directly impacted by you know the way a woman would be by the right to choose i still think that you know for society to progress forward like you have to be able to express your opinion on that and other people should have you know should respect you by listening to it and for ladies listening i'm on your side don't 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 get it twisted antonio akawali is not some some bible thumping bigot who stands in front of planned parenthood going you turn your ass around and you raise it there 
And honestly, honestly, anytime like like Vice or Axios or Vox yeah. does like a piece on like abortion, there's always those eight old people yeah. and like a twenty year old out there just holding signs like please don't do this. I'm like, you have nothing. I'm you have glad nothing you, going yeah. on. I'm glad you clarified that for the listeners too. I think a lot of people thought you were that Bible cover. <laughs> no, 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 no. What's the that Bible? Vibe. No, I'm. It's just like uh, they, they literally got yeah, nothing to do. If you get, yeah. get an abortion, go right ahead. Mm-hmm. So completely turn around so being feminine and being a feminist we don't think that's a bad thing right so yeah. we will not shun it it's actually i i really do like this episode so we say so retrospectively because we do this we're on the defense because a lot of people have been like you know chastised for being this way mm-hmm. and we're just like stop you're full of shit mm-hmm. and we're about to tell you why and I think we you know we're helping the conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, forward. for sure. Men get chastised for many, many things. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. like I think another one would be like expressing sadness is a is a big thing that like you know yep. men don't cry is a big stigma. Mm-hmm. I think it's because you know you know the village people said it best: macho, macho man. Yep, <laughs> yeah. I want to be a macho man. We kind of have this stigma of you know men. You know men are tough. Men are brave. We don't let the pain you know get to us. You know, but when pain hurts, you know, it hurts. I will say, I wanted to, uh, no, I'll say the story, but like, I, I forgot what episode I said this. As someone who cries for fun, just to make sure that, you know, knows how to do it, I'm always like in touch with my emotions. And I, although I will say, <laughs> I will say in regards to uh, sadness, uh, I think men handle it differently than, I, I think I saw this, this meme on like the internet, I forgot what it was, but it was how men and women deal with breakups differently, like men are off on it a little easier and then it's like seven years later it comes back and haunts them for eight months something like that but then it's like the inverse women go through it tough for like eight months and then it just goes away and then they get to live their lives but i think for the men listening out there if you're sad be sad it's okay to be sad you can even be sad to us and you know we'll be there we're not gonna we're not gonna judge you tony's got a shoulder you can cry on (laughs) that's i've been that to a lot of people i will say that Always hitting the vocals thing. We'll have to get him in the booth. <laughs> Lena, how are you thinking about men being sad? Yeah, I don't know. I definitely think that that is a phrase that you know everyone hears a lot growing up. Boys don't cry. You know, you'll like see like a parent telling their kid like suck it up. You know, something like that. And I think it's harmful to everyone because like what I think about is you know I think women like from from when we're girls from when we're kids like we're allowed to be in touch with our emotions you know we're supposed to be sensitive we're supposed to be emotional and you know to a certain extent like society treats that as something that's okay but like a lot of my like male friends are you know like like i feel like when we're older we're trying to have you know these deep connections meaningful relationships everything some men don't really know how to express their emotions in a way that like allows that to happen. So I think it's pretty damaging. You know, I like have never seen my dad cry before, even though when I know he probably has really wanted to, I think that's kind of, you know, damaging to everyone else involved because you have to be able to like express your emotions effectively to communicate with others. So I think it's a really damaging stereotype, you know, that I hope we continue to change. Yeah. I think it's just guys, they want they think like when if we cry we're like vulnerable we were vulnerable at some point where it something made us cry so i think that's why like it, i'm a prime example like i i hate crying like yeah. when i cry i'm like man like why am i fucking crying like i, I ain't no bitch like like yeah i try to like you know yell like punch something i'm like i ain't no bitch like try to like, get over as fast as i can but i'm definitely a prime example i guess it's more of like a 
an image we kind of want to portray like we we can like protect somebody like we can um we can help somebody we have like you can come up to us if, if you have ans- if you have questions you know you're not going to approach you know some dude crying for answers you know yeah. what i mean like or you're not if if you see a, a man crying you know in your head it, you can't really picture him like protecting or ha- like protecting a family you know like he's kind of he's crying you yeah, know when like, shit hits the fan you just cry so it's just yeah it's kind of like a mental image that guys put like themselves in their in their head and it kind of like you know kind of fucks with them and like oh should i cry no i'm just gonna hold it in like you know man up you know quote unquote man up all the time you know yeah. And you and you bring up a really good point um, uh, about the idea of vulnerability. Showing vulnerability is another one of them. I will say a little little bit of a story time because it, it involves vulnerability and sadness. So one time it was uh, me and Kristen. Hey, Kristen, my best friend, sir. God knows how how long, long time. But we were at dinner because we were going to see Fiddler on the Roof later that night, and we were at dinner. And then we're, we're quiet. We're eating, and then she just goes, "What do you want?" I'm like, "What like." dessert we don't have time for dessert we, we gotta go he's like no like what do you want like in life i go huh you know i never really really thought about that and then i was going off on what i want from life i go well i just want to be you know recognized and appreciated for my talent and my abilities and i want to be in a place that allows my that fosters my growth i want to be seen and be taken seriously as an artist and i want to be able to make a living off of that and mass music radio has provided (laughs) but then i was still going off and going off and i started getting really really upset and i'm all like i am not going to cry in this restaurant i am not going to cry (laughs) in this restaurant but sometimes that's what vulnerability does and i feel like you know men we're supposed to be like you know you know lock and key we don't we don't talk about our emotions but vulner- when it comes to vulnerability, like we're very selective on who we can be vulnerable vulnerable with. Like mm-hmm. especially if we have a lot of guy friends, we're like, I'm, I, I gotta tell you, man, I'm, I'm kind of bummed out. Even if it's that kind of like, I wouldn't say passe, but even if it's just that, you know, you know, let it go. Yeah, like fill us in. I have a question for you all. So if you y'all. don't for for y'all <laughs> from Georgia out here, um, <laughs> so if you all don't show your emotions you know you don't show your sadness when you feel it how does that come out you know does do you just tuck it away and it just goes away or do you think it comes out in different ways because a lot of the time i think of the men in my life when they have sadness it comes out in the form of anger us specifically or just the or men just like in general? in general you know i i would agree with that statement i sometimes i get angry when like when you sadness start. will turn into anger yeah but most of the time how i deal with it i'll just like i'll just try to do my best to get over it. Like, do something, make myself busy. Like, just keep it moving. Yeah, that's how mm-hmm. life is. You just gotta keep it moving. Yeah, it's facts. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm sad, um, I can't remember. Like, you know, I I cry because you know it's what you should do. It's that's what that's what it's all there for. I, I I'm trying to remember the last time I was like 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 really sad. I think the last time I was like pretty just sad. I was more so bummed out than sad. It was when Bernie dropped out of the race. Oh and I got like phone calls the entire morning because apparently everyone must have put me on suicide watch or something. Like, oh my God, are you okay? Did you hear? Did you hear? I'm like, wow, what happened? I woke up at noon and I'm like, I looked. I'm like, ah, shit. Worst day. I know. I was really just kind of bummed out. Like I kind of like when I'm like sad, I just try to process it on my own. Like I'm very recluse like i'm not that i'm not open to sharing like i i, I will say because i i try not to talk about this because you know i'm also another person when i got uh when i got in a really bad breakup i was just just rough for a couple months and um i'm trying 
I'm not gonna cry. I'm just trying to remember. Yeah. But I, I <laughs> will okay say, no, it's okay. Let but, it out, man. Yeah, it's okay, bro. It's okay, man. <laughs> but I remember just being like, uh, look, like Antonio, you are strong. You're tough. You're gonna get on this, you know, on your own. But something that and it's to my own fault that I think we we need to clear the air about. When I'm going through something, I want to try to go through it alone. I don't. I didn't want people to like insert them like i felt like they were inserting themselves into my conflict like i like again with Kristen, when i told Kristen several months ago that we broke up and i was like depressed or something like several months she goes well why didn't you tell me you've you've been putting up with my shit for years and and this happens to you and you didn't even tell me like i'm like yeah i know i just i just felt like i had to deal with it on my own so maybe that's like a fault that a lot of us share like with maybe with men when like uh, and we see like stereotypically when women are sad like they'll tell all of their you know girl Everybody pe- girlfriends know and they'll person. all oh he's such a piece of shit and they'll do that for a couple weeks like they automatically have that you know sisterhood but I feel like going off my experience and what I've seen when men are upset they just like I don't uh, tell a soul I know they they pocket it yeah and they battle their demons on their own so perhaps that's something we need to move from I switch it up like if I'm if I'm upset. I'll talk to people about it because then you can work through it. But if I'm like genuinely sad, then it's like what Antonio said, like you should become recluse. Like it's just like, all right, I'm going to deal with this on my own time. Like I'll figure it out. Therapy session. So is that is that wrong? Should we not do that anymore? What? what? Keep it, keeping it to yourself? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I feel think like it depends. there's not a right or wrong. I think it depends. Like um, let's say... Like if you're like if you if this new feeling of sadness just come on like just came on then yeah it's okay to to let you know your people around you know to like let them know like your your mental state but I feel like if you're in like a like a long period of sadness where you're trying to figure out shit with your life then maybe it's not the best to continuously bring that up to somebody because yeah. like if somebody just came like every time we had a conversation it was just them moping and being sad I'd be like. Yo, man, I don't, I don't need that kind of energy, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, Deal with my own like, shit. yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to say what I need to say, like, support you, but like, like I, like, like, stop trying to tell me like that, all that, like, it's too much. Like, just let me know once, and I'll be try to be there for you. But if you continuously, just like moping and bringing that energy around, like, it's kind of just kind of scares people away. I think yeah. too that, um, when. It's it's with with men. I think we kind of crave attention in a way that like isn't as easily as you know easy to interpret. Like I think remember I think I'm trying to remember hearing that when men get like even a tiny compliment that just saves their whole week. Like like because like you know men really we really don't get compliments like sincerely. But when we get like a oh man this is, this is a nice jacket that's gonna be it for the whole like, yeah. the whole week. Yeah, like honestly, we feel we feel fact. great. I try, I try to hit people with that all the time. Like, yeah, me I like too, that bro. Shirt, bro. Me I too. Like that hat. Me Ooh. too. I literally go up to the uh, I'm at the mall. Let's go up to someone. Yo, man, I fuck with that jacket. And if someone does that to me, I'm like, yo, man, that just made me feel like, yeah, gas yeah. me up. <laughs> yeah, I was leaving the restaurant yesterday. When I saw I saw Jackson at the uh, at the breakfast spot. And we're walking out. I had the mass music hoodie on. Chris had one. Seamus had one. We had the hats. And some old timer goes, What's the M stand for? And I just, <laughs> I'm like, It's mass music radio. He goes, What? <laughs> I gave him like my card and was like, Yo, like, check it out, bro. Did they, the, did they ask what the dial was? No, he's just asking what it was. I told him it was an online radio station based in Quincy, right, right down the road. I, and he's like, podcast. Oh, pissa. Like, 
you know, good, good luck with everything. And I'm like, thank you, bro. Like, I will yeah. say, this is funny. I actually never told someone with the story, then we'll get back to the topic. Um, when I told people, oh, I'm going to be starting at a place called Mass Music Radio, and someone who works says, oh, what's the dial? And I go, oh, it's online. They go, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Ugh. I have a question for you guys, though, about um, talking about vulnerability and everything. Yes. So you guys were talking about how, like, you feel like as men, you're not, like, you know, allowed to express emotions. That's why you keep it to yourself. So I feel like, you know, a lot of women, it's kind of the same thing when we get into positions of power. You know, have you ever heard someone say, oh, we can't have a female president. They'll be too emotional. You know, they'll be, yeah, they won't be that. rational. Yeah. Do you all think that if we were to kind of change the dialogue about, like, oh, men, it's okay to show emotion. Do you think that would also get rid of the stereotype that, like, women can't show emotion as well and could you think like the reason we tell men when they're boys not to show emotion unnecessarily is you know you want them to be in some high up some successful position so do you think that if we change that narrative it's okay to show emotion when people in position of power it'll also be okay for women to do the same thing i think the dynamic of when power comes into it it complicates it. like i think of the office scene where uh, michael's like i just got to put on a brave face and he starts crying. It's like, yo, like when shit hits the fan, like you can't really afford to like break down and cry. Like you have to be mm -hmm. the strong one who's like, all right, everyone else around me is freaking out, crying, bugging out. Like you have to be the voice of reason, like, you know, cruise the ship into like calmer waters. And I think mm -hmm. when it comes to power, women, you know, they get that, uh, that stereotype where they don't have that ability, which there are women out there who can you know operate under Separate pressure things, yeah. yeah so but there is a stigma around it i remember when um obama was in office and he cried for the first time it was right after sandy hook and i remember he got in so much hot water for that but like i know i personally felt like it was really refreshing you know yeah. like the nation had just suffered this tragedy i mean yeah for with the a bunch of kids that say, got murdered yeah i don't yeah. blame him for crying yeah though. you know but then like he got he was under so much criticism people were saying you know the president shouldn't be showing emotion right now the president needs to keep yeah. the separate i personally felt like it was refreshing you know yeah. to see like that we have a human yeah. as a leader i think a lot of people uh when it comes to power, there's like a certain image that, you know, they have to uphold. So like, I guess if like, if a, a guy, you know, were to be in power, his mental state would be like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't cry on camera, like, mm -hmm. or something like that. Or like, I watched this, I watched this so-called designated survivor. It's about- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, about I, I, I got to get back into it. I got to get back into so it. So it's about, it's about like, um, you know- basically u.s government gets bombed and they this loser no one likes becomes the president yeah and then then uh he <laughs> has to familiar. basically like basically run the country and you know it gets pretty deep but like as he's president there was once he, his wife dies and then he has to go oh sorry that ruined it for you a bit <laughs> uh -oh. spoiler, spoiler alert my bad but he he when his wife dies he has to go into therapy as a president and it's kept under like super like secrecy like no one knows except like his close staff and then it ends up getting leaked like all his uh therapist recordings and literally like the world blew up the media was like this is the president fits lead this is the, is the president fits uh do the budget is the president fits lead the country so yeah i do like when it comes to like you know like power there's definitely uh a stigma like men or just anyone in power should not be showing emotion they need to be Mm -hmm. all business at all times because you might seem weak yeah and like it's like mm -hmm. there's still enemies in the world like foreign enemies even domestically you got to be strong yeah that's what it, them people want i guess i think i'm a bit confused about the question i probably should have brought this up so 
Can you explain to me again, like, because I am for pro-women in power, like, because there are a lot of great female leaders, like Arden and uh, Merkel Mm -hmm. and uh, Aung San Suu Kyi before all the genocide. But Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm just like, but no, I do believe that if we as men, I'm just trying to fold the thoughts as we go. Yeah. Men, we need to show our emotions. Women, you are allowed to be emotional in uh, in public office. Our powerful women need everyone, everyone, everywhere should be entitled to show a little emotion. Because I remember when maybe you guys will remember this, but when Patty Schroeder dropped out for, when she ran for president, she was like giving a speech and she she got a little emotional. She was all like, uh, "I, I what?" Uh, she just like you know her voice you know broke a little bit, and it was like, "Oh, look at this woman freaking crying. She can't freaking lead the nation." And she got all dogged on. And more recently. For people who don't remember the reference from 1984, in like when Theresa May resigned, she was the former prime minister of the of the UK during Brexit, and during her farewell speech, she said, "They're the country I love," and you can tell she was clearly upset. And then I think she got dogged on, and when she got dogged on on the uh, elections that she got, when she got embarrassed and she lost, and she was like really upset, they they, they dogged on her. But you know what? I think people, everyone in general. Everybody sees emotion as weakness, and we need to move past that because I'm just speaking, you know, out of speculation. If you're not an openly emotional person, you, you could be a serial killer, and I don't trust that. That's a good point. I think uh, all the things we're talking about, it's, uh, I feel like all the, is- like, not issues, but like, they all pertain to like generations. So, like, you know, whatever norms that you know they have right now you know people who are against abortion yada yada those are like everyone that's in the older generation and i feel like you know millennials and gen z like us so we're the ones that's starting to understand emotion and like accept you know you know men being vulnerable uh women being you know being able to do the same exact jobs that men can do so i think it's like as you know generations die off Mm -hmm. and as you know we grow to be we replace them then you know there'll be a a, a shift in society in Hell the way yeah. pe- in which way people think i will say and then we'll move on because i have an older reference for you when gerald ford lost to jimmy carter gerald ford didn't give his own concession speech because mm-hmm. they said that he had laryngitis when in mm-hmm. truth he had been crying the entire night and his voice was so shaky that the first lady betty ford yeah. gave the speech and she was a wow oh, we thank you for everyone's support and you just see Gerald Ford behind his wife, just like keeping it together. Damn. And then part of me, the bad part of me is going, look at this weak man as president. No wonder he friggin' lost to Jimmy Carter. Get get the hell out of here. But you have a weak man. I would so much rather see Donald Trump cry about having lost the election. To me, it's he's a weaker man for just not accepting reality. But you know, that's a whole other conversation. And then have Melania Strola, you you, <laughs> you get the speech. Imagine Melania and then she's like, giving the concession speech. <laughs> I feel like she's we are ready so to happy. Out. We will see you in 2024. <laughs> we are so happy that we need to go, that we get to go back home. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when, they, when they've been in your face for all these years, you get to pick up some of their mannerisms. Oh, my goodness. Big facts. So, uh, moving on, there's uh, another, dis- it's uh, displaying empathy. Uh, men get, you know, chastised for like, it's kind of the same of being vulnerable, but it's like, you know, like, say... Like someone's, you know, you know, mother just passed away, like a dear friend of yours. And is a, you know, you go to him and you go, you know, man, I'm so sorry. And, um, you know, you need anything, you know, you let us know. We're, we're, hap- we're happy to you know, drive yeah. you or you send you food. But I think even for some people, I think it kind of plays into vulnerability too, because empathy is like a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like when you like relate to someone really well, 
and you see that they're going through something and you relate to them and you're like, wow, what if I went through that? How would I want people to, you know, be to me in my time of need? And then they display that. I think that also ties into vulnerability. Personally, for me, I don't see anyone like say like, oh, I'm so sorry your mother died. <laughs> what a wuss. Like, I, I personally don't see that. Like, in my circle, I've I've not seen that. But I think displaying empathy is incredibly important. If you got, empathy, so, if you got some shit friends, if, if you don't, they're not empathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got some shit friends if they call you a wuss for saying your mom, your mom died. died. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you need some new friends. I don't know. And I think that this year, 2020, has shown us how important empathy is. You know, especially, like, I feel like a lot of this study from the Harvard Business Review is probably calling out traits that are, you know, seen as detrimental in men when mm-hmm. men are in like positions of power you know professionalism stuff like that but i think that 2020 has shown us that you have to have empathy to be an effective professional you have to have empathy to be a solid leader we'd lost a decent human being like, come on. <laughs> yeah we'd lost so much this year especially yeah. with the recent death at the time of taping of alex trebek oh man tough yo tough. we were saying this earlier today that 2020 could be an entire history class in itself. And, and Bo was like, yeah, Antonio will do a uh, Remember When in 2020, just an entire <laughs> season on, on this year. Let me tell you. <laughs> Honestly, it's not a bad idea. This year has been insane. We were talking about the Lebanese bombing. Not not necessarily bombing, but the explosion. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I Dude, that was this year. That. that was this year. Yeah. Dude, Friday the 13th yeah. was the other day. You had, to, you had to make room for other events happening. Oh, my God. Dude, it's like every week there's just some next catastrophe. And then they brought out, we found the murder hornets. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, those things. What a year. But, um, yeah, go, go express some empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two more and then we're going to move on so it's displaying modesty like what does that mean modesty is like uh not being like a flashy person yeah it's just like oh like someone goes like moderate being moderate no it's like if jayvo goes oh my god like antonio mmr talks is like the greatest podcast i've ever heard like this is like it's literally i cannot believe you guys haven't picked up and like the asshole would be like oh yeah i know thank you so much you know we do a lot of work here and you know we and then like the modest me would be like oh you know thank you so much it's you know being humble yeah you know, being it's not humble. really me it's more about the team yeah. yeah i think a lot of sports players do that exactly yeah, it's always the same response post uh post game you ever watch a hockey interview no where they're like <laughs> You know, they ask him, like, yo, you know, Antonio, you scored eight goals and had four assists. Oh, you know, the defense really picked it. Like, they never want that that starlight. Yeah. Uh, that's maybe that's why, like, NHL is not as, like, popping as, like, NBA or, like, even NFL where it's, like, these superstar players because all of them are just they're a bunch of Canadians, very nice, like, very modest. <laughs> oh, you know, really about the, uh, the you know, the defense, Blake Ray, great team effort. Even the coaches are just, like gassing up just the players like they never take any credit so yeah that's what i was gonna say i think part of me too thinks i think people get annoyed when i'm I'm not speaking for me but like say like when leonardo dicaprio he finally won an oscar and he goes i want to thank you know everyone who did this for me or like oh or even another old reference i think it was when uh the guy and the guy i honestly don't remember but someone won an oscar and they, instead of accepting it, they had, like, a Native American come up and speak the plight of what's been happening to their tribe. I forgot who it was. I think it was Marlon Brando. Oh, wow. And then people were really, they didn't receive it well. And I think sometimes people just want people to take the credit. Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah. don't want to, like, high horse themselves. 
like say Antonio Walkawelli, you, you have a wonderful show. Like sometimes people just want to go, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. But when someone says Antonio Walkawelli, you have a great show, and they go, oh well, you know, I I, I do I do my best. I, I really thank you for watching. You know, we're, we're we're coming on better. I think maybe it's a bit of like a wishy washiness that some people would just want like a straightforward like thank you and move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. I think you know modesty is very important. I think different situations call for different levels of modesty, you know, because when you're like, say you like all these examples we're having is like when you had a success, like when you won, I think in that situation, it's probably a good thing to just say, like, you know, thank you is enough. Just accept the compliment, move on, you know, thank everyone. That's cool. But at the same time, it's like when I'm applying for like a job or something, when I go into a job interview, you know, I'm going to sell myself as hard as I possibly can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Milk, milk that humble. shit. Absolutely. Yeah, milk so, that know, shit. I think like it's it's interesting that it's on this list. Um, maybe it's just like dependent on what kind of circumstance. But I personally think it's like one of the most unattractive things when someone is like not humble. Or not I was just modest. going to I was just going to say because the inverse of modesty is incredibly to me is unattractive. Like say like yeah. you're, you're very or a gorgeous man or a gorgeous woman, you go, wow, you're looking very good today. And then you say, I know. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate that. I know. I hate that. Yeah. You don't know that. I think there has the, to be some sort of do. middle ground, you know? Like, you don't have to be modest all the time. You don't have to be modest about everything, but you also don't have to be, like, a total show-off, you know, total f- full of yourself. Yeah, I agree with what she says. Like, it's all, it all depends on the situation. Let's say, like, you play one-on-one with your boy, like, pickup game, and you... Like, Pokemon? basketball (laughs) oh and like and like like you whoop his ass like in like 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 11 nothing then i i'm gonna shit on him i'm gonna brag for like all day you know so it comes in it's definitely in certain situations where it's like you know fun to joke around you know not be humble but then yeah there's definitely some like you know with your social awareness and your social cues where like you know you gotta turn on flip that switch and that's true yeah i think when you're with your homies like it's okay to talk that trash. Like, yeah. Shlomo Jordan on the court today. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you score like three points. You're like, honestly, the game wouldn't have been the same without me. <laughs> you know? But uh, no, you, you got to give credit where credit is due, I think. When I was finishing college, I was the president of the Residence Hall Association. If you want to hear the whole story about how I became president <laughs> of the Residence Hall Association, you should watch our 2020 election special. But I was talking with the incoming vice president because we'd just gone shopping for an event and we were we were doing Relay for Life and we were doing, at our tent was the, I forgot what it was. It was like the cool down corner where you can get like Gatorade and, and like, yeah. I made it, well, I'm like, we have to get the, the juice that are with the jugs and the, the tin lids and all that. But we were coming in and we we're carrying all the stuff. And then someone, I was telling him on our way there, I'm like, you know, you always got to stay humble. You got to be modest because, you know, so you're going to get to the point where people do see you was like a wonderful thing. But you, you're you not always going to be that way. So you always got to remember to stay modest. Two minutes later, after being blocked into the entry of admittance, I was going, do you know who I am? I'm the president of this club. You know damn well who I am. You get your boss over here because I am carrying all this stuff for, for the past 30 minutes. So you immediately j- just checked everyone. I did. Went against what you just said. I did. It was actually, it was literally like a sitcom moment. It was like, a, if there was like a, like a whoop turn and then, do you know who I am? I love it. And finally, one of the most uh, chastised things about being a man, according to Harvard Business Review, is being nice. That's awful. Yeah, that is absolutely good. terrible. I, I have literally. I have a theory. I have a theory. So my, my leading theory is um, I think if people – I just want to make sure we covered everything. If people are nice, they're seen as one, being maybe kind of fake, mm-hmm. or two, for men, they seem kind of like a pushover. Mm-hmm. 
Like if someone's all like, "Oh, hey there, Homer, and how you doing there? You want to come over to the house and have a barbecue?" Was, and that then, El- was that Elmo or something? That's not Elmo. That's Flanders. Oh, Ned Flanders. Oh. Hello, Mister Nuno. That's Elmo. I think when when some when some guys are nice, even like to me, like I can usually tell when someone's being pretty genuine. But then, like, if someone's being nice to me, and like, I've never spoken to them, they're just all, um, and they're like, hey, hey, Antonio, like, how you doing? <laughs> you know, you look, <laughs> look at good. I don't know why he sounds so much like, I don't know why he sounds so much like a perv, but I'm all like, what's, what's up with him? Like, he's never spoken to me. What's, I'm like, part of me thinks, is he dying? And he just wants to clear the air. Like, that's just me. But I think when some people are nice, like, and they're kind of pushovers, then you kind of like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's he's weak and he doesn't know how to, you know, take a stand and all that. Well, that's just, you know, what I'm thinking. But I do agree that uh, being mad at people who are nice is kind of bullshit. Yeah, I, I think um, you, you can only be weird when you're being nice. If you're like, Overly if, nice. if, you, if you like just socially awkward, like something's off, like, you yeah, can't, I feel like it's really hard to be like too nice to somebody, you know, like. I can't even think of an example of someone who's been like too nice, and I'm like, "Yo, stop being too nice to me." Like, it's in know? the eyes, bro. I've if, never... you're, if you're being nice, you like keep eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a nice shirt you got. There. Oh, thank you. I bought it with my company discount. Wow, <laughs> you, you work for a company. You know, you're like if you just, I think it's all in the eyes. Like if you're chilling and you're nice, I think it's it, it smooths the tension. But if someone is just staring at you, just being real nice, it's like, "Yo, what, what you trying to do here?" You like, you know, uh, I was trying to understand what you were saying. How can someone be nice and like maybe be fake? Like, like they're being. It's like a condescending nice. Like, wow, uh, wow, Jay, that is a nice. That's a nice hoodie. It's like that's for Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's like not even Valentine's Day. And you're still rocking that. You're, you're you're really something. You're really something. It's a fly. Hoodie. Don't trust that guy. That is fly. Shout out to Andy. He made this. Yeah, Andy designed it. For those of y'all who can't see, we have a MMR Valentine's Day special edition. We only made like 15 of them. I was going to say, I don't think we have them anymore. No, sold out. Whew, Wonderful. Off the shelves. Lena, what are you thinking about that nice man over there? Honestly, I think we should just all be as nice to each other as is possible. But I get what you're saying. I think that um, it comes off a certain way if someone's you know being condescending or you think they might be nice to you only because they're trying to get something out of you. Red flag. I will say, do you guys want to step on some eggshells? Let's do it. I was going to say, now, if a man is nice, if a man is nice, we're very, you know, suspicious. But when a woman isn't, isn't nice, nice, yeah, that's a whole, we think, we think, we think she's like, a, like, what's this, what's wrong, what's wrong with this bitch over here? Like, what's mm-hmm. with the freaking attitude? Mm-hmm. Thought there'd be more to say about that. But I got a funny stop story. Stop that. I got a funny story. I was at Donkey's, my favorite Donkey's on Franklin Street. Uh, about two weeks ago and I'm driving up. I got the windows open. Scoob's got his head out the window and I hear, you know, welcome to Dunkin' Donuts. What can I get for you? Very nice. The, the whole staff there is very nice. The guy goes, give me a black car, like mad rude. She goes, okay, you could say it a little nicer. And he goes like immediately one aid, like, oh, like I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you know, he kind of backed off, but, uh, yeah, she checked him real quick. It was mad funny. I'm like, yo, literally any rude to my homies. Literally anytime I hear that, I'm just like, uh oh. Like, mm-hmm. like at any t- any time someone brings up anyone's attitude, like men and women, I just brace. I'm like, oh no, we're gonna be in for it. Like, don't you tell me how to behave. You're gonna hear yeah. this from everybody. I don't like people give me. You come correct, come very nice, and people give you attitude off the rip. 
it's like I immediately like that nice is I give you attitude right back. Like my mother exactly. did it yeah. to me a few weeks ago. Oh, she was having a long day. She had just hit her head off like the uh, in the basement. We have like a bulkhead. It just happened, and then I see her in the driveway. I just pull up in the driveway. She's like moving stuff, yeah, and I'm like, "Hey, like, how are you?" And she's like, I'm fine. I'm like, "Oh, like, did you vote today?" Of course, I fucking voted. Like, mm-hmm. it's I'm like, "Well, no need for the attitude." And she's <laughs> like, "Well," and I asked, "Like, do you need help doing what you're doing?" I already finished. Like. And she was mad rude. So I was like, well, all right, I'm just going to go fuck myself. Like, I'll see you later. And then immediately she felt bad. And I was like, nah, nah, like, I'll see you later. She gave me a hug and everything. I'm like, yo, don't don't come at me with that attitude when I was yeah. trying to just be nice, you know? Yeah. yeah I'll check you real quick. Yeah. I feel like there's different levels of niceness that people have. And, you know, maybe there's like a baseline, like, you know, just being like polite. It's kind of yeah. like the bare minimum. And then it goes all the way up to like, you're genuinely a kind person. But I also feel yeah. like some people aren't, they're not not nice you know they're nice people but i know some people that you know they're not super talkative they're not likely to ask you like oh how's your day but you know you ask Mm -hmm. them they'll tell you they're not like they're nice people you know but like i think some people don't have that like extroverted that like outgoing level of like showing niceness or if they're salty they like they could have just hit their head off a bulkhead you have no idea what they're going through Mm. perceptions exactly episode two exactly (laughs) So, thank you, Harvard Business Review. We'll see you in court. So, <laughs> oh, I just want to add something. Um, I just kind of thought about this because we're, we're, we're kind of talking about gender roles and being nice, whatever. Yeah, lay it on us. Um, so, I was thinking, right, when a girl is nice to us, mm-hmm. to, to guys, they automatically assume, like, oh, she's trying to bang me. Really? Yeah. 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 When, never, when a girl is, heard of this? When a girl is, like, no. like, overly too nice or overly too interested in you or, like, then it's... In, in our heads, we're like, oh, she's interested in me. That but if she, if she, but if she isn't nice, Uh-oh. right? If she like shows no away. interest or like a little rude, like not not too nice, not, like to, not total opposite, but just like just a little bit less interest, then it's like, oh, like, she's she's not down. So mm-hmm. like you know, just from me, just from a girl being over, just a little bit overly too nice can just kind of like trigger something in her head, like oh, maybe she's interested. Yeah, is that why our guys' brains just always turned on to that? Like you're yeah. always thinking Pretty about that. Much. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was. I thought this is like a well-known fact. If someone is a bit too nice to you, they must like, especially with like it doesn't happen to me as much often as it used to because I'm recluse in the house. But uh, if someone's just all like, someone comes up to me like, oh Antonio, you've been losing a lot of weight, and they break the touch barrier, and I'm like. All right, I see. I, I feel see like the touch on. barrier is one thing, but yeah. you know, just being nice and friendly to someone—I didn't know that was seen a certain way. And then, and then, right when it comes to guys, right, total opposite effect. If a guy is too nice to a girl, they are yeah. usually automatically thrown into the friend zone right away. Mm-hmm. So the guy is usually thinking in their head, like, "Oh, I have to be nice, but somewhat reserved, somewhat of a dick, somewhat this." Throw like mixed emotions so that like keep her guessing so that get her to be interested. That's how guys are. And I just texted my friend because um, at school. Thank you for they talk, your they talk. undivided attention. <laughs> no, no, this is about. <laughs> um, I texted my friend from school who he uh, we talked about the system. Right? It's called the Dennis system, D E N N I S. And this is like how to get a girl to talk to you more, right? Well, like, no, how to make a girl go crazy for you. Okay, so get your an, notepads ready. It's an acronym. So D, demonstrate your value. E, engage physically. N, nurture dependence. N, neglect emotionally. Uh-oh. I, inspire hope. S, separate entirely. 
I wish that this was the first time I've heard that specifically, but no, like I had one of my guy friends was telling me like he liked this girl so much and he was like, today I got to ignore her completely. Yeah, And he said it worked. Like he said it works every time. (laughs) So I'm like, when he told me that, I'm looking back at myself and I'm like, have I been played like that? I have no idea. Probably. It's 100% true. Like if like I've seen, you see in shows, like I've seen my friends talk about it. It was like, if a guy's being like, if a guy's like, oh, I don't know if she wants to hang out with me and the guys would be like oh just don't talk to her for a few days she'll hit you up like type of deal so yeah it's, it's kind of interesting right like girls too nice to us like oh like they want to bang but if a guy's too nice it's like oh like we're we're, we're doing it wrong yeah from what i've heard from... women play games i can't yeah. <laughs> from what i've heard what what other women have told me when guys are too nice they just think he's a creep and they just stay away so yeah don't be too nice huh. yeah I feel like I've That's never thought I've about that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like when you get into creep territory, like there's <laughs> usually like a pretty thick line, you know, like the, there's a lot that takes, you know, you entering into creep territory. I like when people are nice to me. I like when, you know, if a guy shows me a lot of attention, like I'll probably give a lot of atten- attention back, you know, I don't know. I've never thought of it like that. I mean, did you say something? <laughs> 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 That's good. Ugh. So uh, moving on. So uh, there's a potential. T- there's some potential toxic phrases that you know I've heard in my entire life, and we've heard that's kind of been bouncing around for years. So I think it's time that we uh, listen to them and we debunk them. One we've kind of already touched upon. We'll probably go through quickly. It's the idea that boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. So again, let your boys cry. You, 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 he might become a serial killer, and it'll be your <laughs> fault. Yep. <laughs> so moving on. So it's one called uh, "You throw like a girl." I hear this. All the time from my adult father, even even right now. <laughs> well, to be fair, I don't throw as well as like Tom Brady. But have you have you been in any competitive female sports? They throw pretty hard. I'll be honest. I always thought that that phrase, that those types of phrases, were always more damaging to girls. I never thought of them as being damaging to men. But now that we're having this conversation, I no, see exactly. how it it's, is. It's, it's, it's probably damaging to both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like say like I. I'm working on it. I'm on the treadmill. But like, if I ever heard you run like a girl, devastated. Because, you know, I'm trying to better myself. Why are you making fun of me? I, you brought up the commercial from Gillette, The Best yeah. a Man Can Be. There was another commercial, I think it was actually by like Kotex or like um, some type of feminine care brand that it was called Run Like a Girl. And it was, you know, they they had a bunch of girls, like teenage girls to kids saying like, oh, show us how you run like a girl. And oh, yeah, I remember they're that. all like, you know, frilly, like acting ridiculous. Yeah. And then they, I, I forget exactly what it was. They like showed them something inspiring <laughs> and they were like, now show us how you run like a girl. And, you know, they're like, per, like performing the best they can. And, you know, I like, I'm glad that it's a conversation that we're having and like i hope that people stop to say stuff like that i think to me it's more so of i think we we touched upon this in the earlier topic but men do not like being verbally and emasculated physically emasculated too i'm sure they don't like that but they're like oh you're a woman and you know we have this idea of what a woman is and oh well i'm not a woman i'm a man uh i think yeah i'll bring this up uh just the briefly because it involves this the idea of uh Toxic masculinity, fragile masculinity. If your masculinity is so fragile that, like, being like said, like some like little bullshit comment that really sets you off, and maybe it's not as strong. Like, I've been getting like shit like this like for years, and I'm perfectly happy with who I am 
you know, masculinity. You don't define your ma- my masculinity. I'm not pointing to Shlomo. I'm just pointing in general. <laughs> Shlomo, you don't. Like, you don't define my masculinity. I define my masculinity. Give me the chance. I'll show you what kind of man I really am. I think you just got to chirp back even harder. Like, if someone's like, Shlomo, you throw like a girl. I'm like, I, you smell like a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you want to you wanna talk shit? We'll talk shit. For me, it depends. If I, if I feel like I'm trying a sport, like... If right, for football, if I'm throwing a football and someone says like you throw like a girl, I'm be like yo shut up. Like I, I know I don't throw like a girl, but like if I was trying a new sport and like and I was trying and someone's like oh you throw like a girl, I probably like get pissed and just go home, just practice, practice and practice until like come back the next day. I'm like oh what's up now? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I, I use it as motivation. It's like an insult, you know. I think specifically when it comes to sports, you know, um, I hate that it's like considered an insult to you know say that you're like a girl. What you about know? you punch like a girl? You oh, hit, you hit oh, like yeah. a girl. Yeah. I, oh, I heard. Oh, I punch like Amber Heard. Who the hell is that? Johnny Depp's abusive wife. That bitch. Oh wow! Yeah, this is the for hashtag free Johnny she Depp. Beat up Johnny Depp. Yeah, and she's still getting work. And Johnny Depp got uh, pushed out of Fantastic Beasts. Johnny Depp, dude. I know yeah. he's not. He's like a. He reminds me of like Stephen Tyler. Like he's like a kind of a frail. Oh, I was like, like old. I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, old. he's old too. But that's awful. He's getting, I, I know he's getting beat up. I have no idea how old Johnny Depp is. I really don't because he's been around for so long. Yeah, to- topic for another day. But um, yeah, I, it's actually really interesting that you bring up that you didn't consider. That being like, like, oh, you run like a girl, you throw a girl, that that was an insult towards boys. Well, I knew it was an insult towards boys, but I always thought it was more damaging towards girls. Oh, okay, Because it's okay. like you're being told that, like, by saying that to a boy, like, a girl hears that and you're like, oh, wow, being a girl is a bad thing, mm. you know, because you, it's clearly an insult, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, tone of voice, everything. But I always thought of it as being more damaging to girls because, like, yeah, like, you, know, you don't want to be called a girl, essentially. Yeah. I think that saying came from, like, just girls trying stuff they don't know and like you know yeah. then just guys who who know what who do what they're trying to do and they're all oh, like you broke a girl like you know like maybe a girl doesn't know how to run and like obviously a guy who knows how to run is probably like oh like she doesn't know how to run she runs like a girl you yeah, know i think that's exactly that. i think that's where a lot of stereotypes come from yeah. like i'm just picturing back in like the 20s when like the first like chinese person got in a model t and didn't know how it worked and that one guy was watching him because look, this Chinese guy doesn't know how to drive, and that carries on for hundreds of years. So like, I can imagine like the first woman to play golf wasn't that good. The first black guy to bowl wasn't that good. I don't know if there's a stereotype about black people in bowling. I was gonna say that's kind of pulled that out of the woodwork. But. I've never heard of anything like that. But I think that's a that's a really good point that you bring up. So, and I will say I've been hearing this a lot less. Maybe it's because I'm not hanging around parents, but uh, hopefully we can. You know, put the cat in the ocean, or as the phrase goes. There you go. Speaking of bowling, real quick, the only bowler that I know of is the guy who goes, Who do you think you are? I am. And if you've never seen oh, it, yeah, you got to go on exactly YouTube. exactly what you're talking about. Just type in. Oh, yeah, we, exactly we watched that. We watched that. I remember that. Who do you think who you, do you think are? Think I am. am. You're welcome. <laughs> he just lost it. <laughs> Definitely so go check electric that out. Factory. So we'll move on to, I think, probably in you know my opinion, especially what's been going on within the past couple of years, how we are culturally one of the most damaging blanket statements of disregarding behavior. And it's, you know, boys will be boys. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's to a certain extent, I think that it's true, you know, like, like little kids will be like little kids, you know, but I think when that phrase has come up a lot is when 
like boys or men will perform behaviors that are like very damaging to society as a whole and then people will write it off as like oh boys will be like yeah, i don't know they use it I remember, as an like, excuse specifically yeah, exactly. like something that had happened to me it was like i you know middle school we had like a dress code or something i was wearing probably like spaghetti straps not that big a deal but i got called into the office and like told that i had to like go home and change and like the reasoning was oh you know we've had some problems with boys touching and you know boys will be boys so Damn. because men because oh, these yeah. boys can't control themselves and no one else wanted to step in i somehow was responsible for that and I've i somehow heard, had to change my behavior because i've heard of that. that exact argument <laughs> i've heard yeah. that exact argument that's so crazy to bring that up i think um, I have no problem with. Uh, I think there's a alternate one on this one. It's kids will be kids. You know. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. when when usually when I hear boys will be boys, I just think uh, he's being stupid. Like he's not. He's yeah. like a young guy. He doesn't know what's going on. But to the point, you know, with men especially, we have to grow up. Yeah. Like we are. We are men now. We cannot be boys. Can we hold on to childhood wonder and imagination, fantasy? Absolutely. Look who you're listening to right now. But, you know, there has to be the cutoff point where you got to, you know, take responsibility. And unfortunately, say like, like, remember, uh, this has been like a lot of instances where like, uh, you know, a kid will be like, a boy will be looking in the girl's locker room yeah. or he'll be, uh, he'll get into a, oh, usually a fight, like a, like a schoolyard fight. Oh, boys will be boys. I'm like, well, they don't, you know, they're not going to be violent, you know, I'm like. Maybe it just sounds like I'm just like I, well I don't want anyone beating each other. Sounds like a poor excuse to me. It, it yeah. I, exactly as I see it, it's like a it's a, just like a blanket excuse. It's, it's like the you don't want to deal with it. You don't want to address the problem. It's the conversation stopper. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, if I think if there's anything serious going on, like I think that boys will be boys phrase should not be like used at all. But I, I know like I I do understand like using it in like a joke con like context like because I know like. I have a tenant downstairs in my house, and he's like 67. He's mad old. But he was, we was just shooting his shit the other day, and he was just saying, like, yeah, man, like, you know, guys will be, like, we'll, we'll be kids forever. Like, like, in a sense, like, boys will be boys, you know? Like, like we, we do carry on that, like, that, that kid uh, mentality with us. Because he was telling me, we were talking about smelling our own farts, you know? <laughs> and, like, me and this 67-year-old were talking about smelling our own farts. And I was just dying laughing. I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to you about this. And he's like, hey, man, like, we all have our inner kid in us. Like, I'm still a kid at heart. And, you know, like, in, like, you know, there's certain contexts, like, jokes. And, like, y yes, it's, it's, you know, perfectly fine. But, like, yeah, in, like, serious cases, like. Right. That's like, a good point. That's a good sexual point. stuff. Then, yeah, that's. Boys will be boys out the window. Yeah, right. you bring yeah. up a good point that, like, I think it does take context is very important. And, like, the actions, mm -hmm. like, if a boy is just, like, a, I don't know, he, like, draws boobs on, like a picture or whatever like oh i i actually i actually don't know if that's a good example because <laughs> i'm like ah, yeah watch out for that kid but if boys are like oh i i don't know i I'm, i just keep thinking of bad examples like i i dyed the colors hair dyed the dog's color a different i, I don't we'll cut all that out instead of a golden retriever scooby's gonna be like a green retriever oh yeah watch Ooh, out when you no watch Saint out Patty's when you mow, watch out when you mow the lawn because i've seen goldens go into the grass the grass they go into the grass and they get, <laughs> they get in all that wet grass and they come out like all like light green and like lime and the owner's like oh come on i might spray paint them for uh saint patty's day you should that'll be mad that, funny that i don't know dog. i could probably do that i think um vo you made a really good point though like about when boys will be boys should go out the window because i think with the other two examples we talked about you know like throwing like a girl that's an insult 
what was the other one? Boys don't cry. That's just like directly like a damaging statement. But saying boys will be boys isn't necessarily damaging. It just depends on how you use it. And I think that that is a phrase that has only really come into, you know, a larger conversation recently because of how it's been used in, you know, like national news, you know, like how many scandals have you read about, about like, you know, like sexual assault occurring like at a high school or something and yet the principal writes it off as like, oh, boys are going to be boys. You know, I, th- I think it kind of like, boys are in so your town. depends on con- pretty bad ones apparently but yeah i just think it depends on the context yeah facts big facts fact the mundo so something that i've noticed um all throughout <laughs> the something they'll go on social media it's the idea of um i'm trying to think it's like jobs job not segregate i think it's like like employment segregation like there are more men employed in this field then there are women and then vice versa. Like a girl that we went to high school with, I saw her. She's like in the, one of the one of the unions, like one of the like labor unions. I'm like, well, damn, I had no idea. Good on you. Because I don't see a lot of like women in construction. I go, no, that's up. Honestly, honestly, anytime I see like a woman, I think this is one of my flaws. Anytime I see like a woman who's like in construction or like she's a cop or she's a soldier, I'm all like, I literally just like say to myself, yeah, you're in. Welcome to the club. Hell yeah. You're one of us. But every, frankly, everyone, everyone, all, all ladies are welcome to the Antonio Wakawelli Club. But some, like, what's this club? <laughs> oh, wait, oh, I just caught it. Oh, almost said something real nasty. Oh, but uh, <laughs> I'll say it afterwards. We're gonna keep this PG, Antonio. But um, some jobs I've noticed that men have just like drive men crazy. Like you, what? You're a this, and I think it's something very important to talk about because these are jobs that are you know pretty important. But some men, a lot of men, don't have them. But when men have them, you know, there people are gonna you know bitch about it. Like what? Like male nurses? Exactly, like male nurses. Well, there's certain jobs <laughs> for like certain genders. Like for example, I worked at Victoria's Secret, and I was doing like the stock room and cashier. They weren't gonna put me in like the bra fitting section. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like that's not gonna happen. Man, everybody you know? was working at Victoria's Secret. I know who else used to work at Victoria's Secret. I'm oh like, yeah, Seamus and G hooked it up. Yeah, yeah, shout actually, out to, shout to, to I used job. to work at VS at yeah. the mall. At the Braintree Plaza. <laughs> Shout out to those guys over there. Lit. One of the best jobs. It was pretty lit. But, uh, but you, you definitely brought up the idea of, you know, male nurses. Because mm-hmm. the, st- the, the stereotype is, oh, wait, you didn't have enough to become a doctor. But usually, as someone, no, I don't know. But usually, someone who has, you know, nursing cred- credentials knows as much. If not more than a doctor. Yeah, than the doctor. And I remember watching, I think it's Vox, did a really good piece on this, on uh, male nurses. And they talked about how, like, the history of nursing and how women, they want employment, they want to they want matter, so they became nurses in all the wars. And a lot of nurses have a lot of, like, you know, empathy and, Matronly, you know, nur- like, yeah, nurturing. nurturing. Yeah. yeah, and, like, they have this, like, I'm going to take care of you. And just because men aren't seen as possessing those abilities, then by default they can't be seen as being a nurse, even though right now, especially with all the boomers retiring, we're going to need more nurses. Mm-hmm. We're going to need more doctors. We're going to need more physical therapists. We're going to need more of those types of things because of the elderly population is going to grow. And men, I think, should get in that field because it's a pretty good field to get in. Yeah, I know. I, I know. A, I have a friend who's a nurse, and he's making good money, he's making more money than me. So <laughs> hey, we have a friend who's a firefighter. She's up in Portland, right? Kelly, you said she's a firefighter now? In Washington, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Which is I, lit. Like I don't know too many female firefighters, but that's that's a fire perception. Like, even back a fire when, profession, no pun intended. <laughs> even back when we were in high school, because there was a nursing program in high school, you'd see like these one or two guys in like scrubs, and you just kind of stare at them like, "Wow, really? That's fascinating." Isn't it interesting how I think, like in the day to day, nurses and doctors, like maybe the actual routines, like the tasks that they're doing, aren't really that different. You know, you're still going to be dealing with a lot of like bodily fluids. You know, you're still going to be doing a lot of caretaking and like seeing a lot of pretty gross stuff. But I think people think, you know, a doctor is being like higher or like maybe like a more masculine because, you know, you have to have this like scientific background. Like it's more, you know, I guess people would say it's more about like precision and experience and all this stuff. So that's why like, you know, I think people would see a nurse as being all like the bad stuff that comes with that. But then when you're a doctor, like it's still masculine because you get like the prestige that comes with well, that. I think about like nurses, like when you say a nurse, they have like the Halloween costume with like the little sk- little skimpy <laughs> dress and like the little, you know, big ass syringe. The hat. Oh, yeah, the, the hat, hat with the red thing on. I will say, out of all the times I've been in a hospital, I've not seen a nurse like that. Maybe yeah, they only yeah, work, the, maybe they only work the mornings. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like um, nurses are kind of like characterized as a female job just because over time, just like men would go to war and like all the women be home. Oh, I think I know why. Nursing is when you like you breastfeed a child, like you're nursing the baby. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Maybe that's where it stems from, like just your, you know, mentally. You're like, oh, a nurse is nursing. Nursing back to health. Nursing, exactly. But I think of maybe nursing as like on the uh, breastfeeding side of things. Yeah, that and just like all the wars we've been in, just like, you know, is for the most part, it's usually guys going out to fight. So I feel like the like the jobs that are open like at home when uh, all the men are gone are, are nursing jobs. So yeah. I feel like maybe just over time it's it's like decades, um just that. That's why it's kinda like fixed into our society that like, oh, you know, usually a nurse is a female. Yeah, that's why you brought up a good point though about like, first of all, great pay. And second of all, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We need more nurses. Yeah. So like hundred percent, any guys out there listening we're dude, considering getting nursing. I 100% support. Dude, nurses do like all the bitch work for the doctors. Right. The doctors are like, okay, th- this patient needs th- needs this to happen, this to happen, and that needs needs to take that. And the nurses will actually do all that. Mm-hmm. Like, the doctors just don't tell them to do it. They're they the delegate, soldiers yeah. in the hospital. Yeah. Exactly. I also think it's really interesting because there's so many different types of doctors as well. You know, we, Mm -hmm. I feel like, like if we were to think of it as like a masculine profession, like I would never go to like a male OBGYN personally. Like I would probably only go to a female doctor for that. So, you know, but we don't really like group that in with the rest of doctors. That's so funny you mentioned that because I always try to have female doctors because I feel like a female doctor is the only way I'll listen. Like if I have a male doctor and they say, yo, you get, you're going to lose some weight. You're going to go, ah, shut up. You're just joking around with really? me. Really? I feel the exact opposite. I feel like if it's a guy telling me, I'm like, oh, I should actually listen to him because he know he's like, he's me like in a way, you know, he knows he's talking to me. Well, not only are they like, uh, I'm trying to think, if they're like a woman, like I, like a lot of women are very smart. I think they're the 50, 51% of the population and I take her very seriously but she's also a woman, so I go, oh, so maybe she was like, you know, trying to help me out in a way, like, you know, you really need to lo- lose some weight, Antonio. Like, it would be to your advantage to like uh, lose weight. What, like health wise, oh, in other ways. So that's Antonio. Just I'm gonna prescribe you this lotion. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> what, what should I do with it? <laughs> oh man. Okay, so uh, this is actually something that I've. In my, my theory, we uh, 
Uh, I know me and Shlomo went to the same elementary school, but I have never seen any like male like teachers. I think when they say this, I think it's specifically like elementary schools because I think male high school teachers are like diamond a dozen. Like we, we had a bunch of them, but I think middle school, especially elementary school, like you don't see males. Ooh, I in think that I know profession. why. Because I feel like with like elementary school kids, you're dealing with little kids, you know, you got to be like, oh, like, Jason, don't do that. Put that down. Like, hey, like, Rebecca, don't put that down. Don't touch her. Like, you got to be like, you know, like, you got to pamper them a little bit. And like, I feel like, you know, me personally, I would not do that. Like, I, I feel like having to put on like that cute voice, like, yo, don't do that. Put that down. Like, I'd rather be a high school teacher and be like, yo, like, just send them to the office. Yeah, or, go like, down to the dean, buddy. Like, yeah, fuck, like, fuck off or something. And like, I feel like with the elementary school teacher, there's, a lot more you have to put up with. And I feel like females usually have a higher tolerance for that kind of stuff. And like, you know, more nurturing, caring about little kids. And like, guys just like, oh, kids. Uh, like, I think that's know. a good point yeah. that you bring up. I feel like men have kind of self-isolated themselves away from like uh, dealing with younger kids. I know in Japan, of which I've never been, uh, the societal role is that women kind of like, like, women father the kids. Women, they take care of the kids. And like the, it's like women got it from like zero to third, zero to twelve, and then from twelve up the dads got it, something like that, because the dads always working. But do you think you bring up a good point? I think I feel like men relate more and can handle more of like older kids. Yeah. But I also think we have to try to get rid of this. There's a stigma, massive stigma of you know guy, young kids, fill in the blank. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I actually never even thought about. I didn't it even like think about that, that either. But, but yeah, that does happen. Isn't it weird how we see Sucks. like a man and a woman of the same age, like, but we somehow think it's like natural for like the woman of that age to interact with young kids, oh, but well, for the course. male to do it, it's like suspicious. Yeah, you see a I guy, like, oh, oh, come like, here, little Timmy. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yo, yo. <laughs> we always uh, talk yeah. about like, <laughs> Mr. Smith needs to chill out over there. Yeah, it's it's always we always talk about maternal instinct, but no one really talks about like paternal instinct. Even yeah. even young adults, even if it was like an old, a really old person working with like little kids, you know, it'd be like a little weird, like, oh, it's this old dude like around 10 kids <laughs> like literally yeah. in, in Clifford Marshall there was like literally the only two men in the school the were Mr. Bloomer and Mr. Conroy <laughs> the principal Connelly. and the vice principal that's, the only two that's men. it wow, and the janitors yeah. there was like one substitute teacher you know was like what thinking back I don't think I yeah it was all women He's all the gym teacher was a woman uh media yeah, our teacher, everybody. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Just the principal and the vice principal. Something That's I've it. noticed, like through my progression in school, is like the older I've gotten, the more of my professors have become, my teachers have become male. You know, when you're That's in elementary exactly school, yeah, it's same, all like, same. like I only had female teachers. You know, in middle school, still probably mostly female teachers, maybe like more male teachers for the first time. High school, pretty 50 50. And like now, like I'm in my senior year at BU, I feel like it is pretty much 50 50, but I probably have slightly more male professors, yeah. like more advisors. Like you see, more male professors than I, I female. Yeah, you know, when I went to school, it was pretty like when I went to college, it was pretty like 50, 50, 60, 40, depending on like what year it was. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like I honestly, even in my professional life, I don't know many male teachers who teach like below my high school. Like, of course, like when we went to middle school, there was like there was like a handful of guys. You had Mr. Bogan, you had Mr. Mm-hmm. Carey, you had uh, Mr. Angel, you had Mr. Mr. Morani, and, yeah. and Mr. McGuire. There was a whole bunch of them because I just remember when I first had a male teacher, I thought it was weird. Like Mr. Conroy, our reading teacher, Fifth was grade, our, yeah. was my first male teacher. He was my homeroom teacher, and he was my reading teacher, and he was a pretty cool old guy. And I just thought it was pretty weird. Like I didn't know men could teach. Like as a, like on a fifth fifth grader thinking of that, I thought male teachers are lit. Yeah, that was actually my funny. first 
like male teacher. Mr. Connor was the only fifth. Uh, Who's a good dude? Teacher. He was like a hippie kind of dude. I was in his homeroom and he used to finesse, like he used to, you know, his box tops for education. Yeah. Whatever homeroom take had him? the most. Oh, he take him. Box tops for education. He'd go to a pizza party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he would let, like, not just our homeroom, like, he would let anybody come to his class in the morning. And if you gave him one, he'd give you, you know, bubble tape, like the like the wicked long tape. Yeah. He'd like break off, like, you know, depending on how much he liked you. Some people got like mad with something, a little one. And he hits you <laughs> with some, with some, with some bubble gum. And our homeroom won, like a pizza party. And we also did, you ever sell chocolate, which is a scam. Oh, we yeah. did that, yeah. Complete yeah. scam, the chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. We so, had so uh, like a New York trip. Yeah, yeah. We had yeah. some, we had yep. two goons, once this dude, Steve Curran, Dan Emery, <laughs> in my homeroom. We used to go to Stop and Shop. They get one side, you know, one entrance, the other one would get the other, and sold thousands of dollars of uh, of chocolate. And we got two pizza parties. So, were we in the same, <laughs> shout out to Mr. Conroy. He were we in the same homeroom? I had Mr. Conroy too. Yeah, do you don't remember these two pizza parties? It's so long ago, and all the all that. Listen, all that man, free food it, it it burns a place. Anytime I get free food, I always store it in a little part of my brain. I'm like, yeah, that was lit. That was awesome. But that also plays to the point of we have not had a male teacher oh, yeah, when yeah. we were like developing. So I think I haven't even seen Ooh. when people want to when guys I know want to get into teaching. They don't want to go nowhere near the elementary schools. They're always they just want to do high school or college. That's it. It or, plays on both things, like what Jackson's saying. Maybe like even maybe even the schools see that they're like, oh, maybe like these younger kids they want more females because like females are more like nurturing, motherly, like you know. Maybe they're like, oh, maybe these kids need that more rather than you know a dude. It's just it's tough too because with little kids, like we said earlier, you know, what I'm saying there's been so many scandals of like diddlers that having a male in there like could be a liability you know you don't know (laughs) their intentions especially like if it's a kind of a younger teacher like if they're too like oh you know if they're too baby oh little antonio you're right don't don't, don't put me in the store i definitely think that's also like you know somewhat of a stereotype and like i would hate to you know say that about any like male teachers you actually all throughout high school like i used to work at a preschool as like my summer job and there was one male teacher like he was fantastic and like the the kids loved him you know because he would like pick him up and like wrestle him around like the way you know in a way that like most women wouldn't but you know kids like to rough house like you know like like to like you know, beat you up and stuff like that. He was always down for that He'll in a way that we were. <laughs> I would love to beat up some teachers back then. <laughs> yeah. And we'll finish on what we'll finish on. Uh, I forgot who said this. I think it was Dan Mongo who said this. Mm-hmm. Was a lot of the middle schools and elementary schools are starved for male teachers because yeah. a lot of places that maybe they don't have the male role model up the pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And a lot of kids they, don't have that. If these kids from like eight to like. 13 they don't have a male role model and the only thing they got is you know teachers female teachers going don't do that don't do that don't do that like who knows what's what's gonna happen so i think even mm-hmm. with like you know male guidance counselor or even like the gym teacher or one math teacher will make a whole big difference especially if that teacher is a person of color who can relate to students right on another level because that's a whole nother whole nother thing of me not having a teacher who was a person of color for god knows how long yeah, I think that's a, v- a very important, like, developmental age to, like, elementary going into middle school. Like, yeah, you should have a lot of male, not a lot, but, like, at least a few male uh, 
role models. And it's kind of discouraging when, like, you want to say something to, like, another male, but the only other male is the principal, the vice principal, like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. Well, I kind of think that's the goal for everything, you know, like, whether it's, you know, corporations, whether it's government, whether it's even, like, the school system to have a makeup of, you know, people working there that, like, reflect the body that they, like, the you know, the population of people that they represent, you know, I think that's the goal for everything. Unless they're no good corporatists. <laughs> yeah, and then they don't care. <laughs> I used to remember this random story. Uh, fifth grade, um, they were they were giving us like this like sex class, sex education oh, class. Oh, we had that too. And like in my uh, elementary school, there was all females. So and they they obviously split the class up, girls and boys. And uh, like there was no boy teacher, so the the principal had to do it. And like so, he's up there like. To, like showing he's like he has no idea what he's doing and we're just we're just like we have no idea what we're what, like looking at either and he has, what do you it? have he's probably he's probably just acting a fool you know so like yeah i think you know i agree male teachers are definitely a necessity so but shit, they should up the pay i feel like teachers are very underpaid yeah sure. yeah across the board especially now mm-hmm so another one that i've seen who, who they get they get a lot of they got a lot of shit is male flight attendants Oh, hmm. you don't see that I mean, yeah, as often. I will say every time I've flown, the major, the vast majority of my flight attendants have been women. But then sometimes you'll get like the one or two male flight attendant, and you're just like, huh. Depending on my mood, I like to shoot the shit with the uh, flight attendants. You know, you you go waiting in line for the bathroom. They're in the back shooting the breeze, but. I think it stems back to the early days of commercial airlines. Exactly. When, uh, exactly. It was mainly like a party up in the sky. Yeah, like, there it was. was. Like, there was like four Just or five. Smoking. No, it was like four or five rows, and then the rest of the plane is like the smoking section, and like exactly. they'd be boozing. And like I think companies were encouraged. Like they would have really dopey, like beautiful, yeah, they like, want stewardesses. Yeah. And then like you hit, I think it was a thing where so you hit a certain age, and they and chop then them off at like twenty five or twenty six. Well, you know, flight attendants used to have weigh ins. Like you had to weigh under a certain what? amount in order to be yeah, flight yeah, attendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the and day, and because the planes were like you know they're rinky dinky planes that if you weighed too much, okay, you crash yeah. the plane. I think part they, of the pro- logic was like, oh, the aisles are you know kind of thin, so we need our flight attendants to be thin, so yeah. like multiple can go but like that come on that's a joke like, it, it was about like being eye candy and like yeah, they had, to oh, fit yeah. In, they had to fit in the company outfit yeah i mean yeah if, if there's probably a male flight attendant he's probably a you know a good looking dude that's probably why they chose him the only time I, the one time i saw a uh male flight attendant not in person it was on youtube it was during the whole uh united scandal when that asian guy got dragged off the plane and then all of a sudden everyone was having shitty times going on planes and this one male flight attendant was like yelling at a woman who perhaps was in the wrong because she tried to bring in a stroller and she tried to put it in the overhead and then they were arguing and then you know and it got got a little bit to a scuffle and then this guy was just like was not not being professional at all that's all i'll say Mm. he's not being professional at all but i think what the stigma is like when they see like a male flight attendant it's the same thing as seeing a male nurse why you didn't get to become a pilot yeah stupid shit like that i think they should bring back the smoking section i don't think so no cigarettes pot only oh not the pilot they should have smoke rooms yeah doesn't the air circulate in the whole plane yeah 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 they can't open a window well, the smoke That's room true. will have some. We'll, you can we'll, ventilate we'll it. We'll, 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 we'll engineer it. I'm all in on uh, potty planes. Although, like, not the pilot. He should be on focus. Like, <laughs> anything in the back, man. 
I would not. It'd be a little be. bit more money. Like a party bus, you go up to a driver. Yo, it's like a shop, man. Right. <laughs> oh my god. So we have two just like super. Some people consider this controversial. It's uh the manny, like a nanny, like a male nanny. Oh yeah, like a male baby. I used to always like babysit when I was in high school, and like I remember all my guy friends were like jealous. They were like, "I want to make easy money like you that," and bank. I'm like, "Why yeah, don't yeah, yeah. So just chill, free. so just chill at their house with their kids." Literally, yeah. No, it was it was such easy money when you were you know the kids would be in bed half the time. I'd be like eating popcorn and watching movies, make hundred bucks. I think that's awesome. Have you ever watched a kid? For more than like yeah, an dude, hour or two, it sucks. Maybe oh that's God. why guys don't babysit because I, I love kids. That's hundred percent why. I don't. Fuck that. Like if they're not cool and they don't want to like listen to your problems and like yeah, I'll, I'll watch on. them sleep. But if they're up and at uh, it, it's <laughs> you, you gotta open. be a certain type of person. I think it goes for anything. Like even a dog walker. Like yeah. it's oh, it's fun. And then there's certain days where like, you spend seven, eight hours with dogs. What if I just release? And these it's dogs? like yo, you guys are getting on my last nerve. But. Like I said, you do it because you love them. Like if you love children, um, wouldn't mind doing babysitting. I think I probably could do it with uh, at least with nannies. I think the name kind of scares guys off because I mean I I wouldn't want a job like even nannying wasn't like taking care of kids. If the name was like nannying, I kind of yeah. straight away yeah. from it. Well, what do you do, Jackson? I'm a babysitter. Like okay. I watch Word. kids sleep. Or like I watch, I watch, kids, <laughs> I watch sleep. kids sleep. That's I like what you said and I laughed. <laughs> I but watch kids sleep. I think it, uh, <laughs> it goes back to the uh, when we were just talking about teachers. I think the stigma carries over to male nannies because, oh, now they're in my house. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. I think there's a lot of that. And on top of that, maybe, maybe there's like a men don't want their kids being influenced by other grown men because that's my kid. He's supposed to be like me. But if there's another man there from like from nine to four, when you and your wife aren't there, he's going to be influenced. He's like, by a totally other guy. And you're like, no, you can't. No, I don't want you to be like that. So maybe it's like an (laughs) encroachment. But it's one, true. there it's aren't true. that many. I let, I let Scoob walk around my brother, and I come back. He's running off the leash. He's going nuts. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> keep him disciplined. But so the final thing, it's a, it's a good old conversation, and then that'll be the end of our topic, is the uh, the house husband. What's that? Like a stay-at-home um, husband? Yeah, stay-at-home dad, oh. something like that. Yeah. It's more like, uh, the for a lot of guys who are listening, the golden scenario would be you meet a girl... Oh, I'm in a, She's I'm in so a, I'm in corporate finance, or I'm, I'm in a law firm, <laughs> like or I'm in pharmaceuticals, that. and then she's all like, "Look, I make enough. I want you to take care of my, ki- I want you to take care of our kids." Shit, if she says that, I'm, I'll be a stay at home dad. That's kind of always what I want. Sign me up. Everybody wants that. Sign though. me up. Eh. No, I mean, I want to be the one like making the money. Oh. I want to be the one making the bread. <laughs> the, only, me, no. the only way I could see being a stay at home dad is if like you could like work from home. If I had a studio in the crib. Yeah, like I'd work from home too. Well, yeah, I guess it would come. It would come to like, do you have your own money? You know, like, mm-hmm. like or you're like you, completely you dependent ask, on yeah, the other person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's a shared account. She makes all the money. Well, I think why oh. it's kind of an attractive prospect to you know <clears throat> career women is that like companies, some companies will even like discriminate against you if you're a woman who's of the age that you know most women would have children. Name you know, names. Some companies will, honest. I mean, like you know. There have been lawsuits. There, like, oh. there have been, and even if it's not a lawsuit, like, you know, there's something that, like, you just know. Um, but you know, a lot of women like struggle with, like, how can I have a really demanding, successful career, and at the same time, like, 
have a like continue the population you know yeah, unfortunately like, they have it, to it's, make a, a choice. it's kind of a, like it's a burden valid. and i know a lot 100%. of like my female professors like have said that they they struggle with that and like that's like a very real like trade-off that like a lot of women have to make so i think that's why it's an attractive prospect to like you know like have like a husband who stays at home takes care of the kids cleans the house has his side whatever it is while you can go off and like not the have to sacrifice hustle. your career you know i want to have a type of career where i'm like constantly traveling you yeah, know living that's... in different cities like, but at the same time, if you want to have a family, like, why should you have to give up your job? Yeah, that's why I think girls definitely have it harder than guys, for sure. Because mm-hmm. girls, either you're like, it's either your your passion, career, or have kids. Yeah, you know, like, and it is tough to balance. For oh. guys, it's like you know, like yeah, you can have a kid. Well, it's, it's expected like, of you. It's expected you know, of you to work. Yeah, you can just run away from the kid if you want. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just saying, like guys do do that. Like of yeah. which you should not own right. up. I had Take one, care of your kids, man. Yeah, no, seriously. I had one friend growing up, and her mom is like a very, very like high level executive for Coke, like corporate. And Mayor so her Coca-Cola? dad, Coca Cola, yeah, Coke. in Atlanta, no, yeah, no, Georgia, Mayor Coke, yeah, in ATL. But um, her, yeah, so her dad ended up giving up his job, like when around the time that they started having a family, because there was really no need. She was she was making so much more money, and like why, you know. Hey. So in, I know that that was something that like her family really struggled with because he felt like he wasn't like masculine enough exactly. making the money while meanwhile like her mom is this like big high power like suit and tie executive i don't know is she, I think is a lot she of men still there can she give she's us, still there she, she give us a sponsor yeah, we need some yeah, coke really? yeah i feel like that definitely comes from the stigma from the past just like you know like way 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 back in the past when like women was viewed as property and you know the guy mm-hmm. would provide everything and girls are just the breadwinner yeah. exactly yeah. Right. everybody's hitting so the nail Everybody's generations the, after generation, it would be fixed. Everybody's got right, right, nail right on the head. So the expectations of men is to to work to to kill the elk and bring it back to the family. But when you have the woman making a lot of money and a lot more money than you used to make, I feel like one men a lot see that when a man is a house husband, one they don't like it out of jealousy because oh damn, it's such a good gig. And two, like well, you're not a real man. You're not providing for your family. You're not bringing in the the bread. And then you go, I'm taking care. I'm taking care of molding my kids. This is like, isn't that what we're literally supposed to do as men to take care of our families? I'm literally doing it directly now. Yeah, I will say, as as I would love. I gotta be very careful. I would love to be a house husband. I think I'd be really good at it. But I know for a fact if I become one, my parents would be so upset with me because college costs a lot of money. Yeah. Fair, yeah. <laughs> I could, what Shlomo said, I could definitely see, like, say if my wife is, like, a big, big, big wig over somewhere else, and then you want to have your own career, like, you, you wake up, you drop the kids off at school, and say, like, I do a little writing in the middle of the day, and then I bring the kids back, and the wife comes home, we have dinner, and then I got a gig at night, I got a comedy gig, or I'm doing a yeah. show. Like, I think that's a pretty fair thing. That's true. Oh, Entertainment, yeah. Hell yeah. So yeah, house husbands. House uh, husbands. I don't see anything wrong with it. Just yeah. gotta make it work. I mean, if you're just sitting around eating bonbons. Peg Bundy. Watching <laughs> movies. Nothing. Like, yeah. like Living the life. I don't know. Keep On the flip out. side, too. Like, even being a housewife, it's like, I don't know. You want to you wanna feel fulfilled in, you know, your your career. I mean, that's like being retired at whatever age, you know, you become a house husband or wife. Who the hell wants to do that? You want to be working. You want to be hustling. Yeah. And nowadays, I mean, you could do it from the crib, which is even better. You get to spend time with the family. I mean, you hear about a lot of like men in particular uh, who, you know, he's always working. There's there's a lot of rifts in family dynamics because the, the father's not there. He's always working. He puts yeah. the work way ahead of, you know, family time, which 
now it's kind of interesting that we live in a time where working from home has become like the preferred mm-hmm. option. You and know, it's company, going to be the expected norm going Yeah, companies are now. moving yeah, towards definitely. that. So I think it's great. And I think we're going to see a shift in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. Yeah. Like you brought up the fact that it, it causes a rift when like, you know, a lot of fathers are too busy with their work to spend time with their kids. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like, like, I'll even say like, that's kind of how my dad is. Like my dad's kind of like a workaholic. Like he doesn't spend a lot of time at home up until COVID. Um, but like anytime, you know, that would be like a point of discussion. He's like, oh, well, that's my job. Like I'm the dad. Like Gotta I'm put food on the table. Bread. Yeah. Like that was pretty much always his, but it's kind of like you, you have to do that. But like, that doesn't. It's got to be a like, balance. Negate your other father right, duties, right. you know. But I think it's interesting with like like a lot of housewives. Yeah, like I have a couple friends who like their moms were like stay at home moms, and like they loved it, and they would kind of get defensive because there's also like you know we were talking about like I consider myself a feminist, but it's not like a perfect movement at all. And there was kind of for a while this kind of like stigma against being like a stay at home mom where yep. it's like why do you want to do that like go have a career do something meaningful but it's like also if you just want to have kids and like you want to raise those kids to be like great people that's that could be just as fulfilling like what yeah. matters is you're happy yeah, as long like, as you're not raising any serial killers we're chilling true yeah don't yeah, raise that's serial a, killers <laughs> i think those people are super important like like women or i guess men but mainly women who they have that they get that enjoyment from like raising children because like you know there's people in the neighborhood like i have friends moms who like were that type of person where like you go over they're always making grub like they're making sure you're you're healthy you're good they're always checking in you have another like female uh like role model in your life it's, it's important for sure yeah. i will say they're not too excited about it now because <laughs> like, oh look all the schools are closed yeah. so we'll we'll finish up our main topic just by saying if you've learned anything from this topic on expectations of men is, you know, and everyone feel free to jump in. Um, all this shit's going to come your way. So we can swipe it off because the world is changing every single day, especially with these young guys like us growing up. And we're, we're just changing how things are perceived. So if that stuff comes your way, just ignore it. Or, you know, don't take it personally. I know that sounds like kind of cruel. Ignore it. Don't take it personally. But I really do mean it. Like as someone, like I said, I've been all this shit's been thrown my way for many years. And I tur- I turned out all right. <laughs> Not doing too shabby these days. No, I agree, Antonio. That's yeah, very. I, I just like to add well, that. Ex- my bad, pardon me, cut you off. Okay. But um, expectations and generals and all that—they're all—they're all self-imposed. Like yeah. they're all mm-hmm. imposed by humans. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just—it's only a matter of time before they're viewed differently and they're acceptable. So so be nice. Might as well start now. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Cry. Break into women fields because you know we fight for equality on all sides. Break into women's yeah. what? Fields. Oh, like jobs, <laughs> not like <laughs> break in. <laughs> Don't forget to do your face mask. Take care. Yeah, of your take skin. care. Yeah, of your hell yeah, vegan yeah. face wash, baby. So, uh, we always end with a nice fun question. So I got a good fun question for everybody, and I'm still kind of kicking this around. I still really don't know. It's really, if someone walked into a restaurant and ordered a dish bearing your name. What would they receive? I know Shlomo's got a good one that he's been thinking about because I honestly I have a I'm kicking around an idea, but I know any I, restaurant. They, yeah, they walk into like a restaurant. It's just like and they say, "Hey, I'll give me the Shlomo." All right, give me the Shlomo. I've heard that, that a few times. Fire. Um, <laughs> so I actually have a meal that I crafted myself out of desperation and uh, poverty. And it's fantastic. Like spam meat. <laughs> no, not too far off, though. Spam and tuna. Not too far off. You take a few hot dogs, beef hot dogs. You cut them, 
chop them up into little circles, right? Toss them in a pan. Put some, I'm not going to say the sauce because I don't want to ruin it, but you put some sauce in there, right? A little shlomo homemade sauce. Boom. Some shlomo sauce? Some shlomo. <laughs> it's hollandaise so sauce. You, you toss that in the pan. It's not. Then you boil some, uh, you could use fettuccine. I usually use fettuccine. You could do linguine as well, some pasta, maybe some spaghetti, but I, I recommend uh, linguine. Do that up. I'm saying make some of that. Put in some garlic, some oil, a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt, a couple drops of lemon, lemon juice, right? Pew, 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 right? Then you lay down that bed of fettuccine. Once you're done cooking the uh, the hot dogs, granted, you have to season them correctly. The hot dogs. You got to season them correctly. <laughs> there's there's a lot that goes into a little bit of adobo. Uh, the sauce, like I said, I'm not going to give away the secret because it's, it's the bread and butter of it, but get that going. Lay that down on the bed of fettuccine. That's what it is. I'll make it for y'all sometime. I want to lay down on a bed of fettuccine. That sounds pretty nice. Hell yeah. I love a good fat. I had fat a couple nights ago. I'm and, cool. uh, I just call it fat. If Seamus Hill is out there listening to this episode, don't even be. talk trash because he's had the Shlomo <laughs> special before. <laughs> he's talked shit. And he talked shit before about, oh, it's pasta and spaghetti. No. I mean, uh, hot dogs and spaghetti. No, buddy. It's way more than no, that. And he had it and he enjoyed it thoroughly. He was He wouldn't full. admit it though, right? He ate every there was nothing left on the plate. He's like, it's all right. He's quick to forget too. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> I was hungry. I'm like, yeah, no, you literally there was nothing left. He like decimated the <laughs> decimated the plate. And now all of a sudden he's like tries to downplay the shlomo. You, you, you get up to go to the bathroom, he gets seconds. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. But yes, that if you walk into the uh Shlomo's kitchen, that would be what you get. So I'm kind of thinking, I really don't know because like I've never really made like just threw in a bunch of stuff and I go, this is the Antonio like like Shlomo did. But if someone goes to a restaurant, for those who don't know, I'm also known as uh, Tony. I'm all usually <coughs> referred to as Tony. When I was growing up, there was Big Tony, Little Tony, me and my dad. So people go in a restaurant, they go, like, hey, can I get the Big Tony or can I get the Little Tony? So here's what I'm thinking. It's like a little, if you get the Big Tony, it's like a little advent calendar, but it's like 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 wood. But it's like a little like a little flap opens up. You get twelve. So the big Tony. Every time you open up flap, it's like it's only appetizers though. Uh, a little flap. It's like something like fried, like a like a fried uh, Oreo. Yeah, no, like a fried like ravioli or like a mozzarella oh. stick or fried. I used to make these back in college, and I can, I've never been able to do a pro- like a nice fried mashed potatoes. It's no, it's it's really good. It's really good. Fried mashed potatoes. Okay. You, you have to do it right, I or it'll be like, fry them. or it'll be like French fries, or like a tater tots, or pretzels. Oh, but okay. it, it changes. It always changes. But if you just want a little Tony, it's like a thing of six, but they're a little bigger. Okay. Like say if you open, you had a big Tony, you open the fifth panel, you just get like two mozzarella sticks, or you open like the seventh panel and you get like a chicken wing, something like that. It's it's like a device. I love it. I just can't imagine someone walking in and say, yeah, let me get the big Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to think, I was trying to Put think a little of, Tony on the side. Yeah, I kept trying to think of a sandwich, but I just couldn't do it. So There you go. Yeah, you going to get a big Tony? I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking on it. I don't know. I can, um, go, I can go if you're thinking. Yeah, go, yeah, ahead, go, you ahead. go first. It's, okay. it's hard, right? It's hard, yeah. A little so Tony like, is hard? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Here's another someone, shirt for you. Someone came in the store and said, let me get a Jackson. I'm probably going to uh, probably do some fried rice action, Ooh. right? And with a side of, I love my protein source. So I got, I got like six ounces of salmon, six ounces of steak, six ounces of chicken. 
the trifecta, Ooh. right? And then okay. under on, on on top of the stir fried rice, and then we got. I I've been having a thing with avocados lately, so yeah. one one avocado, one whole one, and I like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds and, bomb as hell. And better than the shlomo. And probably no. <laughs> two Kit Kats in a glass of oat milk. Oh, he oh, lost man. me at the end. The Kit Kats was a great touch, but goat milk? No, oat milk. Oat. 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 Oat milk. Oh, 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 the kicker is you got to eat all of that at once. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you had me with the Kit Kat, and then you, you switch it up with the oat milk. Why? Oat what? milk is bomb. You know what? Yeah, oat milk's bomb, bro. What are you talking nah, about? Nah, what milk do you want? Do you even drink milk? Me, son. What do, you, do you even drink milk? I drink cream. Oh, Just straight, not straight out. I put it in my coffee. But you don't drink milk at all, like almond milk, milk, oat milk. Anymore. No, I used to drink milk. I used to. Just, I like chocolate milk. That's not too bad. All right, Elena. Two percent. Finish strong. All right. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have. Can I get a an Elena to go? One Elena, see, please, por favor. See. I don't know. I I like a lot of food, so this is pretty right? tough. Um. Okay. So I'm from Georgia. So my first thought is it has to be something fried. I don't know if you guys have ever had fried Oreos before. Yeah. I've had once. So good. So I would have some Fire. sort of dessert, you know, because I'm so sweet. Hey. It'd be some type of you know fried Oreo combined with maybe some tiramisu, some ice cream. Oh. I don't know. Maybe throw some cherries. So God much sugar. Damn. Like, just going to be diabetes God damn. That's why I went last, you know? Nice. Got to save dessert for last. I like so. that. I'm going to your dentist on speed idea. dial. Yeah, no kidding. All right. But yeah. That's good. So if, if you guys are hungry, yeah, <laughs> feel free to up. order. We got the Shlomo, the Jackson, Big and or Little Tony, and you get the Elena. <laughs> I love It's going to run you 70 bills. Probably. Oh, so, easily. Uh, before we head out, um, we always give good recommendations to our listeners. So, uh, Elena, do you want to give a recommendation? We'll go to Shlomo? Or? Ooh, yeah. I had a great meal at this restaurant this week. It's in Alston. It's called Rhythm and Wraps. Um, I believe it's a black-owned business. So if you're you know, going out of your way to try and support black-owned businesses, I definitely recommend this one. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Jamaican food. Oh, so yummy. I had some really good jerk chicken. So it's in Alston, Rhythm and Wraps. Hit it up. I will say... Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to continue off of – so the last episode, I talked about my favorite movie of all time. So go listen to that one to figure out what it could possibly be. I want to recommend – and it plays off of what we were talking about, the expectations. Uh-huh. I want to recommend my favorite musical Let's of all time because men aren't allowed to like musicals. It's Antonio Acquilla does. So I want to recommend the greatest musical of all time. The Phantom of the Opera. Oh, I love yeah. that one. I love Phantom <laughs> of the Opera. Time, I've, see, I've seen it twice. Time. Once in Boston, dun, the dun, new dun, tour. Dun, dun. And I saw it in uh, New York City, and I sat right under the chandelier. And oh, it's be- beautiful score, and it's been around forever, so you can listen to any kind of Phantom you want. Guys, if you want to listen to it, get for if you want to bring your lady in, because it's not probably not going to be open, uh, you can watch the 25th anniversary production at Royal Albert Hall. I actually have that on DVD. I just borrowed it. Uh, for the love of God, do not watch the movie. Do not let that be your first forte in Phantom of the Opera. And this kind of is a little bit selfish that I bring this up. I think I would be a fantastic <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. And let I me tell you, kill let it. me let me tell you why. Because I st- I get I get this guy, I get this guy, and I've been this guy for a very long time. And I will admit, I'm not the greatest singer. I'm greater than a lot of the other singers here. On I'm greater than a lot of people normally. I just need a little work. But just the way he just just owns the uh, the stage, the way he 
just rubs his hand across Christine's bare chest. Not bare chest, but <laughs> That's open, why he wants to get into that role. Open chest as she lays her head on his elbow. And he touches his, her, brings his hand to hers and he goes, touch me, trust me, savor each sensation. I could, I would kill this role. I Hell know yeah. I could. So any, t- any local production that's going to do Phantom of the Opera and you need to stunt cast a local celebrity, call Antonio Wacawelli. Asses in seats in 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 minutes. Hell yeah! So go listen to Phantom of the Opera. Love it. All right, I got a, I got two recommendations. The first one is uh, this show I started watching last night called The Queen's Gambit. Didn't think I would like it. It's about this girl. What's who's that an orphan? On? It's on Netflix. Okay, she's an orphan and she starts playing chess. So it'll, yeah, you know you guys know chess, and uh, it's pretty interesting. I'm three episodes in, uh, so. I recommend that, but also, more importantly, I recommend North Conway, New Hampshire. Location, location, location. Dude, I went up there last weekend and uh, just to get away for the weekend, and it was wicked nice. There's there's a bunch of ski resorts. Granted, it was like 70 degrees when I was up there. what the hell? Fantastic, but uh, they got a really nice little town. Uh, Peach's breakfast spot was bumping. Uh yeah, it just felt like I time travel. Like the the church outside, the bells were ringing. You know, it was just dogs such a local everywhere. local scene. Dog, you said dogs everywhere. There were dogs everywhere. Yeah, dogs everywhere. And uh, yeah, man, just being up in the mountains, we went on a little hike. But yeah, I've I've heard that Atatash, which is the one of the mountains out there, is one of the best slopes you can go down. So I'm hopefully gonna be back up there. But yeah, North Conway, New Hampshire, five out of five stars. Word. All right, um, I got two as well. So first one will be quick. It's to watch the Mandalore, uh, Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I've been that. watching that too. Fuck so the Mandalorian. Good. It's so good. Question: Do you need to know all, anything about Star Wars? Star Wars. You should. You should, but no, you don't need to. Okay. It's, I watched the first one. You can just yeah, Anakin. you can just watch and follow along, and it's still like action packed enough. Okay. Spoiler alert: When Bo-Katan came in, I'm like. Who is that? And I'm like, oh damn! I didn't, I didn't watch that yet. Yeah, if you see like some parts where like, what the fuck does that mean? Then you, sh- that, that means that you should probably watch the other Star Wars, but you don't need to. Okay, it would be like a beneficial experience to be well versed, so you go ah. ah, ah. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, my second recommendation is yoga to do yoga because really health is wealth, and people, um. Majority of people have, I'd say, muscular imbalances or uh, bad posture just from like their everyday activities and uh, habits. And these people aren't aware of it. And like, for example, like rounded shoulders, um, people don't know our natural stance. When you stand straight, our, our elbows are pointed towards the back. And, um, you know, for the most part, when people stand straight, their hands are rounded in. You know what I mean? I'm What's trying that? to sit like how I should be sitting. What you <laughs> talk about? But like these just simple things like that, just like taking care of your body, because mm-hmm. you know, expectations of men. People say you know you're, we're not here for a long time. What's the saying? We're I'm here, here for, for a good time, not, not a long, long time. time. Yeah, and you know that is true. But like, and when if you keep up these bad habits, you know, by the time you're 30 or 40, that shit's gonna start hitting, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you, and then that's when they're like, oh, I should did this, start crumbling. But yeah, it's just something small, yoga, just for uh, bodily functions. If you have like muscular imbalances, if some something's hurting you, chances are yoga will probably fix it. I like that. All right. Uh, before we go, anyone have anything to promote before we head out? Oh, I do. Let's hear it, Jackson. Oh, yeah, it's DJ Vogue here once again. 
Um, so I got a I got a new mix out on my SoundCloud. It's called What's the Vibe Number Six. Number six. Yeah, and I'm also working on a YouTube video for it right now. It's it's really dope. Um, I'm working really hard on it, and you'll probably see it on the Mass Music Radio yes, uh, Instagram. Sir. But yeah, just keep an keep an eye out for that. Um, it's gonna be dropping within the next like 10 days I was gonna say, by the time this comes out it'll probably be out no no no, no. i still got more mad to do <laughs> well, okay well it's coming out soon yeah i'd say uh check out the mass music morning show it's one of our latest and greatest productions as well as our uh online store where you can get all the merch you know what i'm saying you see us rocking the gear and that could be you too and uh if you like this show then you'll like all the other ones mmr talks mass music radio is brand new it's not new anymore we've been around for a while but it's available on all streaming platforms and we've done some live specials we've done a halloween special which a lot of people like we did an election special that people really liked Mm because we weren't that preachy and uh get ready for more stuff coming in the future we got another special right that's we we do we're working on it right now mmr talks has been going swimmingly and uh, it's thanks to people like you that we get to continue to do this so take a listen yes sir anything to promote not at the moment yeah just check out mass music promote your vemo promote your vemo Honestly, <laughs> not a bad. Yeah, Elena Allison, fifteen. Send, send it my way. <laughs> and before we go, Shlomo heard actually heard me sing a little bit of Phantom of the Opera a couple of weeks ago. I sang Wandry Child. How was it? Honestly, it was very good. He was testing the acoustics in his house. That's the snap you're talking about. Yeah, that's one of them. I like that. I uh, I think you should sing more often. You might have to sing a little theme song for the show. Oh yeah, that that's been. We'll see about that. We'll get it going. Uh, Stay tuned for that. (laughs) Thank you guys for coming in on a Sunday, and uh, thank you for talking about expectations of men. Men, relax. We got your back, and thank you for listening to MR Talks. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye bye.